Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 18 of Screen Champs. I'm your host, Dubs, here with my co-host, the Madman Moan. What's going on, brother? What's happening, man? Uh, today's we got a jam-packed episode. Kind of, I feel like a more traditional episode, like closer to a Season 1 type of thing. We got a couple trailers to talk about, some box office news because it's been a wild time, uh, a couple stand-up specials that we're excited about, some TV shows we're excited about, and then we're going to end it off with a review of Thor... I was about to say Ragnarok. Thor, Love, and Thunder. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, welcome. It should be a fun one. I don't know how long it's going to go, but but let's run it. Oh, let's run it, dude. Run it to the to the bank. Run, Yeah, run, just run. Run, continue. Run, forest, run. Um, run, forest, run. We're going. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> my, hey, my boy was running, bro. He ran. Those braces came off. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, he literally ran. Like, he was stronger than metal. That's how I see it. Kind of, he's the first transformer. Yeah, yeah, I think he's Captain America. I think that's what it was. I don't know. I don't know if that was offensive, but it felt like it might have been. Um, either way, we're gonna hop in here to the box office. It's been a crazy uh, year for movies right now, and especially recently. So the the first big news with the box office is Top Gun, which came out of the gate, just you know, blew everyone away. Has continued to be relevant. Um, it was even, I think, the number two movie when Minions came out. It is constantly just continuing to be part of the conversation. And it's now, officially, its first-run release has surpassed Titanic's first-run release, meaning in the same amount of time that Titanic was out, Top Gun has made more money. So when you say more, how much more? Literally just $1.2 million, so it's a minuscule amount overall. But, I mean, Titanic is an absolute... Uh, like staple of the box office it was out for months and now i don't know if this is adjusting for inflation i'm sure tickets cost more now I, you know so there's a lot of qualifiers but re- regardless it's exciting to see a movie do so well um, especially one that i feel like was shrouded with a little bit of doubt just overall like how's it going to perform do people care clearly people very much care and it seems to have reached everyone so it's made a billion dollars you know worldwide it is. It was, um, and it is the most uh, successful movie that Paramount Pictures has ever had. A Crusade Seven, uh, cinema brother. Yeah, yes, that's the three word review for a reason. He was out there fighting for his life, trying to get this movie out here. I'm happy he did. No, it's great. It is great. So I don't know if Paramount Pictures is ever going to have uh, another hit like this again. This is one of those things that's an anomaly. Uh, no one could really. No one w- could have guessed this. You know? Everyone could have guessed it was big. No one would have guessed this. This is also Tom Cruise's biggest movie by far. It was his biggest opening weekend. So he's ne- he had never broken $100 million before this. There's just a lot of milestones going on with this movie. If you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, it's an absolute wild time of the movies. So enjoy it. Uh, but that's not the only movie that's been doing well. So Minions came out last weekend and had the biggest opening over the 4th of July weekend ever. Um Besting Transformers Dark of the Moon, which made $115 million in 2011. And Rise of Gru did $125 million domestically. They were projecting like $65, $70 million, and it totally blew it out of the water. Uh, a little bit because of the Gentle Minions trend, which was a whole thing in and of itself. But yeah, I mean, Minions went crazy. Did you actually watch Minions? Did I watch Minions? You know what? I did, man. And I'm, I'm going to tell you my experience. Okay. I'm just kidding. I did not watch it. <laughs> I was like, great. I was going to, bro. Like, I was like, you know what? Let me let me check it out. And I hear it's fun. 
I hear I, I hear it is like a lot of fun. Um, but uh but I don't know, man. I, I'm so behind on the whole Minions franchise. Like I think I only saw Despicable Me. I didn't see like I think there was a second one I didn't see. I think there was already another Minions movie, right? Yes. I didn't see that. Um I, I saw the scene though where Bob is like, I'm King, King Bob, and everyone's like, Well now and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um which is like it's a dream of mine but uh but no dude i uh i did not see minions i missed that one. Oh gosh i was kind of excited you were gonna tell us about your experience i thought maybe you encountered some uh gentle minions which is like a trend that i guess went on was trending on tiktok where kids or i guess anyone really like groups of uh groups of guys will get together and dress up like in suits and then go watch minions uh and yeah, like gentle minions, gentlemen, you know, it's a play on the word. Uh, it ended up with some theater chains actually banning people wearing suits to watch the minions uh, because I guess there were so many issues and disturbances caused in the theater. But yeah, I thought maybe you had a gentle minions experience. I, I did not have any, so I also did not watch the movie. I would. <laughs> you just I just, you just yeah. watch the movies. No, <laughs> I'm not. going on a date. Yeah, I'm you know, not going like to wear a just suit. just had a nice anywhere. dinner and shit, and then you just... Walk into the theater all dressed up, like hell yeah, dude, we're doing this, and you just get kicked out. Yeah, I think there's a certain number. Like if you and if you and one other person go in, I feel like no one's gonna bat an eye. But when I worked at a uh, like sixteen frat bros or something, yeah, yeah. When I worked at Stater Brothers, there was a thing called like threes a crowd, and essentially uh, we would just target you if you if there was more than three <laughs> people. <laughs> so three or more, I'd be like okay. And, uh, I mean, that was really, you know, they're talking about microaggressions and, like, veiled races. I feel like that was really it. And uh, they'd be like, can we get a threes of crowd check on uh, aisle seven? And it would just be, like, three teenagers there. And it's like, oh, okay. And, of course, they have backpacks. And <laughs> they were probably stealing. But, you know, it just is what it is, right? It's like the cast is super bad and shit. Yeah. <laughs> just walking in. <laughs> like, hey, hey there's trouble right here, dude. <laughs> and so I feel like you can kind of apply that to this. You know, if you see a couple walk in, you're like, oh, okay, it's just a couple. Yeah, they could have been doing anything. But then you see three or more uh, just guys walk in with suits on. You're like, all right, all right, uh, all right, hoodlums, not today. I know. Is this Reservoir Dogs is going on here, huh? What are you watching? Um, freaking, uh, I think that's uh, like, I, I think that's wild. The theaters were just like banning people, like coming in wearing suits and stuff because I don't feel like, 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 remember when the Dark Knight stuff happened and, you know, um, I guess. You know, theaters were like on watch, making sure like no like suspicious people came in and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then all these superhero movies, everyone like dresses up and everyone comes in all like decked out, right? Like I, like it just it's a wild thing that Minions is the one that's like got the most security. Feel like, and I know people were doing more than just wearing suits. They were like throwing bananas and fighting in, in theaters and stuff. It's like you know you got sixteen <laughs> yeah. frat bros, sixteen frat bros dressed up suits watching minions like it's all for the meme like that's yeah. you know that's just where we're at right now you know let's go trend on tiktok let's go throw bananas again in a fist fight while we're all wearing suits and everyone's cheering for bob the minion you know like it, it's just wild that minions is the one that like caused all this commotion yeah i think that the difference is that you know for the other stuff like people are dressing up because they're excited but they also like respect what they're seeing uh, versus yeah. where the gentle minions is like it's like a joke yeah yeah it's, you're right it's like for the meme so they're not they're not doing it to like 
because they care so much about the minions. Whereas when the people are dressing up as Thor or Spider Man, they love Thor and Spider. Like, they're just stoked that it exists. Um, the other, the other big news, I guess, or the other interesting thing about minions is that it's opening weekend. It outgrossed Lightyear entirely, and Lightyear is like now out of theaters pretty much. I mean, it is. If it's there, it's down to like one screen, half a screen. It is not. It did not have any staying power for like a Pixar movie that's you know based off the Toy Story franchise. It is wild how unsuccessful Lightyear was overall. It did not resonate with people, and I think that the low turnout to Lightyear really tempered the expectations for Minions, which is why they were projecting that sixty-five, seventy like million type opening. Yeah, and. It seems like it wasn't a kids' movie thing. It's just that people really did not seem to gravitate towards Lightyear at all. Yeah, and I know there was some drama. I think with like one of the characters um, being queer. I think um, she has like a girlfriend, so she has a wife or whatever. There I, was. I remember seeing that trending. Yeah, but when I saw the movie, I saw Lightyear. I it was like <laughs> it's fine. I think you only see that like in the beginning, and it was sad too. <laughs> it's like. It was a really good heartwarming moment, like a movie. Um, yeah, I just think some some sometimes. I mean, you know how it is with the internet and Twitter and trends. You know, if something is kind of trending in the wrong way, then you'll see people avoid it. And then if something is trending in the right way, like minions, people dressing up, everyone's having a good old time. Then you know that 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 number is a little skewed because you just got people just showing up legit for a meme, not for like the movie, you know, minions. And what yeah. Minions, you know, like, yeah. And I don't know how much, which that, I don't think anyone's like really dissecting minions. <laughs> right. I don't think people are really going in there. Like, let me see what this is all about. Yeah. I don't know if there's much to dissect there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how much the controversy around Lightyear really affected it, but I mean, it opened in the 50 million range and for a Pixar movie, especially one like with such noticeable IP, it seems so, so low. Yeah, It's like, even, yeah. Even with that, I mean, I just, I feel like they were initially projecting, like, first, like, came out, like, around 90, 90 million plus, like, that's, the, yeah, like, the legs the for IP it. and the following. Yeah, and then as it got closer, ticket sales weren't as strong, pre-sales, but, you know, it's a kid's movie. Families usually go, like, on the day of to buy tickets, and so, and especially because even, like, Thor, which we're going to talk about later, there's a lot of queer characters in Thor, like, a lot, like, uh... And, but I guess it's not a kid's movie. I know maybe that's like the distinction that people seem to have is like, oh, this is a kid's movie and it shouldn't have it. But it it feels intense. And I know it's something that Disney, like a storyline that Disney was going to cut. And then people that worked on the movie, I guess specifically, were like, you've, you've like removed any, like you've never allowed like queer representation on screen. Or if there you have like the relationships, like it's implied. But I think it shows like a kiss and maybe that. But even still, I, I feel like it doesn't really account for how much people didn't go see it. So I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of your The personally. movie was also like mid. It was like, yeah, when you like have different tiers, you know, of like all the Pixar movies. Like there's there's some mid ones and there's some lower ones too. This one just had a lot of like, I guess, hope in it because like you said, it has yeah. very strong IP, you know. Chris uh, Evans. I mean, it's Chris it's Evans is a hard throw, but it's also not you know Tim Allen at the same time. So there is that too. No one's no one's gushing over Tim Allen, bro. I mean, people yeah, people like Tim Allen. People like Tim Allen. I mean, people like the voice actor, <laughs> the voice acting of Buzz Lightyear <laughs> in Toy Story. It's a familiar voice. I think that might be. 
It it's also a weird move just to make the movie that Andy saw. Like it is kind of stupid overall when you really think about it. Whereas they could have made a Lightyear movie, um, where he's a toy and just a spinoff of like some toy adventures that probably would have played a lot better. But you know what can you do? You live and learn, and then get loves. And then lastly, we had Thor: Love and Thunder, which is after Minions made 125 million in the box office. Thor came out, and although the reviews, and again we'll get to that later, are not great, I believe in the 60s on Rotten Tomatoes, it made 143 million opening weekend, uh, only behind Doctor Strange and Jurassic World this year. So it's it's big. I mean, their movies just continue to be big. Um, I also think it's the last like gigantic movie for a while. I'm excited for like Jordan Peele's Nope, but I'm not sure how it's going to play uh, yeah. money wise. So that's true. But this is, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just it has been a wild summer for the movies where I think there's a lot of questions about how it's going to be. Uh, it's it's we're kicking, we are kicking. Um, and I just had a theory too with like uh, Top Gun Maverick and with Elvis that people like the older crowd is coming to watch those movies with Elvis. I know in my theater experience, when I went in to go watch Elvis, I was surrounded by a bunch of old women who were just still like mm. drooling over Elvis, like, and just like fat Elvis too. They just, oh, yeah. man, this guy just had that machismo. It's bringing it, bringing them back Elvis. to their childhood, you know? Yeah. They were out there hollering. I was next to this old, she was sweating, bro. I was scared. <laughs> let's watch the film okay let's, just enjoy the movie please let's uh let's cut yeah. this out you don't look out here be wilding out <laughs> um so i don't know i don't know i don't i i don't know if age had something to do with this big box office turnout and just right now with how you know COVID's going and um political beliefs and i think people just like older people just came out bro they just showed up they didn't care it's real. It's real. Old people are uh, holding up our economy right now. I mean, but I think That's too, right. you know, like tw- uh, Top Gun Maverick. I think part of the story is that it, you know, it ended up reaching everyone. Like it had the nostalgia trip, but it also people just seemed to like it in general. So it kind of became an event. Can you that hear that car alarm, alarm going off? Oh right yeah. Now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's so, like I'm stealing a car right now. To what I- <laughs> yeah. What's up? <laughs> this is. Let's see that. Someone handles their shit. All right, there we go. Okay, there we go. So box office kicking, but I think it is the last week where it's going to be absolutely insane. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe Black Adam's the next huge one. Bullet uh, Train? Yeah, you, know, you don't think Bullet Train's going to really do that? Well, well? Bullet Train's probably going to do good. I mean, what do you what do you think opening weekend? Like, what are your, what's our range here? Like, are we like in my mind like, seventy million? Seventy million? That'd be huge. That would be gigantic for Bullet Train. Is it R rated? Love Brad Pitt. Oh, is it already? I would imagine so. People like Bad Bunny. He's in there. Yeah, Bad Bunny is People a huge love, draw. You, you know what's funny? People are always like, oh, like, like the like the cake the the K pop fan base is gonna attack you or something like that. You know, like, hey, <laughs> yeah. you have an issue with me? I'm gonna get the cake pop fan base to hurt you. Like, how big is that fan base, bro? Is it a lot? Because I, I feel like the Bad Bunny fan base is huge too. Man. Yeah, I mean, I think the K pop. Uh, fan base is extremely large so we're looking at yeah so 70 million would be huge uh i looked at opening weekend projections for bullet train right now they're saying between 28 and 34 million like i think the high end would be like john wick open to or the last john wick movie open to 56 million so that's like kind of the high range for like this r-rated action movie 
Um, Fury opened to 23 million. Once upon a time in Hollywood opened to 41 million. Lost City 30 million. So I, I think that's kind of right around uh, where 70 million would be like intense, dude. It would be like wanted. I think Wanted was a really big movie at the time with James McAvoy Man, and Angelina. Remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that was like a 60 Angelina million Jolie. opener for an R-rated movie. That was huge. They're like adults they want their movies, book, bro. Yeah. You could bend a bullet. People are just bending bullets. Oh yeah. I, I I wonder if anyone really tried that. Tried I mean, that I don't know. I <laughs> I feel like <laughs> maybe they did, but I mean, watching the movie, they don't make it seem like, hey, just you could do this at home. Like it doesn't feel like that. Uh, so <laughs> they could have tried to curve it, but there are certain curves. I mean, there's I I don't think anyone tried it. Um, but you never know. Fun fact from the editing process here. Uh, it's actually going to be rated PG-13. It was initially supposed to be like an R-rated action movie, and they changed it to a PG-13 action comedy. If you ask me, that kind of brings the appeal down a little bit, but hey, you never know. So PG-13, bullet train. Uh, everything else still stands, I think. All right, let's hop into our trailer here. The first one we got is Amsterdam. So this is a new David O. Russell movie, who I also simultaneously, while learning about this movie, read a bunch of like allegations and awkward oh, stuff yeah. that's gone on in his life that was yeah intense. he's been out for a while bro yeah well and so there's stuff about him like being mean which is like okay like Just yelling at someone on set yeah so. like yelling berating people like talking down yeah. cursing them out uh talking down to him and to where other people have to step in things like that and there, there's been a couple things like that on multiple movies but then there was one where he like assaulted his stepdaughter and then when they, I guess the case didn't go through, but he, I guess they were like, he admitted to it and was like, well, she was coming on to me, which just feels like, I don't know what his personal life's like, but it just seems like a weird thing to have out there. Yeah. Either way, uh, you know, Three Kings, The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, the guy makes good movies. Uh, so yeah. And you don't have to sit in the room with him yeah, while you're like, watching uh, it. Yeah. But it just felt weird. It just felt, I was like reading all this. I'm like, bro, why? I just don't want to even know this. I ignorance is truly bliss, man. And I, the less I know, the better. I'm sorry to anyone I just told this information to that now has to just have it because it'd yeah. be easier not to know, right? Yeah, I think twice when you watch the fighter again. Yeah, you want to support this man? Man, it's so good. The fighter is so good. It is so so Bro, good. David Russell looks like an evil version of like Stanley Tucci. Like if you look him up. Yeah. Bro, he looks just like him. Yeah, a little bit. This guy, it's got bad, just bad written all over him. <laughs> not, I mean, and then his uh, his last movies weren't that great, bro. They, like, did you see? Uh, did you see Joy? No, his last movie's Joy, twenty fifteen, I think. Right, like, did not do well. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like his muse was Jennifer Lawrence for a while. She was in like three movies in a row with him. And oh, yeah, dies. Joy just didn't yeah. end up working. Apparently, she was in she was in the running to be in this movie as well, uh, but they they ended up going a different direction. But here, the plot of this Amsterdam, set in the 1930s, it follows three friends. Those friends are Christian Bale, Chris Rock, John David Washington, who witness a murder, become suspects themselves, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. It's labeled as a historical mystery comedy. And it claims that some of it is true in the trailer. I tried to look up, like, what's the true story behind this? Like, what is it based on? And apparently it's, like, all under wraps. Like, no one knows anything. No one knows what it's about. So I don't know how true it is, like, what the real story is. 
I have no idea where this is going. The biggest thing here, though, is this cast. And we all know that Madman loves an ensemble cast. Let's run this oh, thing yeah. down. We've got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Zoe Zaldana, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant, Taylor Swift, Rami Malek, and Robert De Niro. And what's funny about that, too, is I read all those things about David O. Russell, and I was like, geez, this is really like complicated past. And then I was like, oh, Taylor Swift's in the movie? Nah, she's very, she's like pretty uh, liberal and progressive. If she's okay with him, you know, who am I? Who am I to say there's a problem here? So if Taylor Swift's good, I'm good. But uh, <laughs> man, man, what'd you think of this trailer? Yeah, the trailer was sick, dude. It was really good. It, it was cool to see something that I had read about because um, in some lost episode, we were talk we talked about this movie. We talked about like oh, okay. how excited we were. I, I was pretty excited for it, but it was just like, just a simple premise and like freaking 22 like starring act. I was like, Oh shit. This <laughs> yeah. is a lot of people are in here, dude. Um, but the trailer was dope. It seemed a lot of fun. Uh, it seemed like it's going to be kind of wild and, uh, kind of in that trend of like, like, like knives out. Like, I don't know if that's a good comp to it. Well, but like it, the way that the it's an easy comp when there's so many people in it too. trailer looked. Yeah. yeah. But it just looked fun too. It looked like I, you yeah. know, like you're going to go to the theater and have a good time. And, um, and I'm, 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 I'm pretty stoked. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, David Russell, I know he's a complicated person, but you know, he's got some movies that I, that I enjoy. And I, uh, Man, just back to back, freaking the fighter and Silver Linings Playbook. I was all about. I love Silver Linings Playbook. Like, love it. Like, just really liked it. Uh, Twenty twelve was a big year for yeah, me. It's a great movie. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook was it was like man, ten years ago. Jeez. Oh yeah. Um, old and it's dope. And it, and it's always fun to see Taylor Swift on screen. I, I she's just awesome, man. She's the best. She's the best. Yeah. No, it looks like a lot of fun. Silver Linings Playbook is also a really near dear movie to my heart. Uh, brought back Chris Tucker out of nowhere. You know, we're like, where's he been? Uh, there's a lot of sports gambling in it. I mean, what oh, yeah. what do you not like about that movie? Eagles. Oh, yeah. When someone say, like, oh, have you seen Silver Linings Playbook? I'm like, oh, that movie, the sports gambling and Chris Tucker? Yeah, I've seen that. And that's kind of <laughs> that's that's how I describe it. But, no, it's awesome. So good. Oh, it's good. The other thing about this trailer is Christian Bale looks like he's doing Christian Bale things. And he he looks like he is... Just wholly committed to the role. He looks like strung out a little bit. It looks like his character in The Fighter, if he is like a month and a half out of rehab. So he's like getting his life together, but he's still, you know, he's still got the edge, you know, because he was on drugs. He has a glass eye, right? In this movie? He does have a glass eye in the movie. Yeah. It's one point where he's like picking it up. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, how do you know it was a random thing? Like, well, you know, not many people match the description (laughs) of like a physicist looking for his eye on the ground. He's like, oh, okay. So (laughs) something like that. But no, this looks awesome. Amsterdam coming out November 4th. Very excited for this. Just a huge, huge cast. So hopefully it's good. And although David O. Russell is a very complicated guy. Well, Christian Bale is also a complicated guy. He's had his issues as well. But he's done like a thousand movies with him. So clearly he respects his process at some point. There, I mean, they're two complicated people. You know, I'm sure they're the last ones to leave on set. Or the first. Yeah, you know, They just have that little talk with each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, me and you. We're threaded from the same cloth, baby. Let's go That's make it. this movie. And then they just go beat the shit out of like, <laughs> just whoever the comes in their way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Berate whoever they can. They're just like, hey, we got to make this movie. $100 million movie right here. I just love Christian Bell. <laughs> Angry Christian Bell is awesome. I love it. Yeah. 
It's fun. Well, yeah, I don't know what it'd be like to work with him, but it's definitely fun to read news articles and listen to. You know um, how people are like, oh, like they meet a celebrity. They're like, hey, can you record his voicemail? Like, just like, can you, can I have your voice? My voice. I just want Christian Bell to do my voicemail. It's just him just yelling at you for like a minute. (laughs) That'd be brutal, man. That'd be kind of rough, actually. I'd be scared to call. After that. Hey, uh, hey, man, can you just call me back, please? That's it. That's all. (laughs) Be like sitting in the room, someone's like, "Why are you crying?" It's like, "Well, I, I called, I called the uh, madman. He didn't pick up." And then Christian Bale reminded me about my place in this world. <laughs> it's very sad. All right, um, head down, your yeah. glasses off. Like, just <laughs> it's just a heavy moment for everyone. Yeah, I'm gonna text That's him awesome. from now on. Um, all right, I know. Right, <laughs> I'm no longer calling this yeah. man. Uh, we got a uh, next trailer here. So this one's one that was near and dear to my heart. There was an announcement a week before it came out. I watched it. I, I watched the YouTube premiere of it. So I was in there. I was, I was like mixing it up in the chat. It was just, you know, a countdown for the actual trailer to start. Those are awesome, dude. Those are so fun. It was very fun. Uh, we got the trailer for Clerks 3, uh, Kevin Smith's new movie. Now, Kevin Smith is an uh, interesting guy because... I feel like he's a very much, well, it's not a love or hate. I feel like you can be kind of whatever about Kevin Smith, but there's definitely strong Kevin Smith fans. Uh, are you yeah. a strong Kevin Smith fan? Are you like, are you bought into the view of universe of it all? Are you a clerks, clerks to truther chasing Amy dogma, Jane silent Bob? Like, where are you at in this world? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen all those growing up. Um, I, I hung out with an older cousin, shout out my cousin Ernie. Shout out Ernie. And, uh, he smoked a lot of weed, man. There you and go. so he he just watched all these movies. I watched them with him and it just became a thing. The the dope thing is that like Jane Son and Bob are like in all of them. You know, like so you yeah. have that familiarity. <laughs> so you're like, Oh, I know these guys. And it's like you're bought into this like universe, like the you know, the universe that he created. And um and so I, I had immediate buy-in. Now, when it comes to like me being like a super fan of it, like I, I'm, I'm not really, you know, like I'm, I, I like them and I respect them and I watch all of them and I, I, I would say I'm a fan, but I'm not like a fanatic. You okay. Know, which I've met some people and they are in, like they just like go, they know everything, and I'm like, oh shit, I missed that, I missed, or I forgot that. Oh, okay, well I didn't, you know, I knew boot, uh. What's her name? Boo Boo uh, Kitty. Uh. What the fuck am I supposed to call you then? Something sweet, big girl. Something nice. Boo Boo Kitty fuck? <laughs> okay, that's the start. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So then it's like, but it took me a while to really know that, you know? <laughs> so uh, I don't, I just don't pay that much attention, you know? And so, um, yeah. But, um, but I like it. I, I, I love Ken Smith. Uh, I love Kevin Smith. I love his relationship with like Ben Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and stuff. Yeah, um, and he his movies are are an acquired taste for sure. Like if if you don't like them, then you just don't like any of them, you know. But if you like it and you buy in, you're gonna love all of them. They're all funny. They're all very funny, and I I give Kevin Smith a lot of props for his direction and his writing. Uh, it just seems like as of recently, I I I've been a little tuned out. Um, but uh, I yeah I. I like Kevin Smith. I think he's one of the funniest people in, in Hollywood. No, I mean, underrated. He's, he's definitely sure. one of the most successful, like indie creators, yeah. you know, and that's the first clerks movie, which is kind of the movie that put him on the map. 
It was made with twenty seven thousand uh, dollars. They yeah. filmed it. Now, anyone that knows Kevin Smith is like, bro, like we know. And if anyone listens to Kevin Smith, he's on. He does like fifteen different podcasts. He does Q and A's all the time. He loves to talk and he loves to talk about his story. So anyone that's consumed yeah. any Kevin Smith content is like, bro, we all know this. But just in case you don't, um, twenty seven thousand uh, dollars. He maxed out credit cards. Like he had a bunch of comic books. He sold his comic book collection. He essentially just sold everything he could to make this movie. Uh, he, they couldn't afford a place, so he was like, he wanted to make a movie. He's like, well, how do I do it? And he's like, well, I work at this convenience store. Like, what if I can film in the convenience store? The owner was like, you can do it when we're closed. So they would like work the day, then they would close up, and they would start filming at night. And they filmed it on black and white because it costs less than the color film. And they made this dirty, filthy, R-rated comedy where people do nothing but talk the whole time. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like, hey, this is just how we communicate, how we talk. And it, it started a big trend of, I mean, definitely, I mean, there was raunchy movies before, but I, I think it was, you know, kind of like the nerd nerd movie uh, yeah. and kind of, you know, geek culture. It captured it really well and it captured a moment and the right person saw it and started putting it out. And, you know, Kevin Smith, you know, became a person. That movie ended up making $3 million in theaters and is now in the United States National Film Registry. As a movie that is important to the story of cinema, which is just crazy because it is vulgar awesome, as hell. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it actually, because it's a movie with no, there's, like, it's literally all dialogue. Like, there's no, there's nothing, it's just all dialogue. And, uh, well, I mean, as all movies are. And I mean that in the sense that it's, you know, rated R, but there's not like a lot of violence or all this yeah, sex it's like and an stuff indie. like that. Yeah. Like, there's no action sequences. No, like, nothing they're in like the that. same location uh, because of the restraints they had. Yeah. And what they were able to do with it. But the movie initially, all, all just talking, was still rated NC 17 initially. <laughs> and they. So I think Miramax had bought it, and they had to like fight to get an R rating. They didn't end up cutting anything, but they had to like prove precedence, and they had to present a case because the movie was so <laughs> no one vulgar. Seen something like that, huh? Yeah, no one, that it no got one. rated NC seventeen just based off dialogue, which just cracks me up. Yeah, I mean that's my vibe, bro. I I mean I love mumblecore. I love movies <laughs> with a very cheap budget and just whatever they can make, they made. And Kevin Smith did, and his his universe blew up after that for sure, and that's dope. And um, I know this one, I know this Clerks three is uh, a little bit close to home, huh? Well, Clerks three has you know become so Kevin Smith. I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith, and I've consumed mm-hmm. a lot of Kevin Smith content. However, most recently we did the Jane Silent Bob reboot, which I enjoyed. But it's pure like nostalgia trip, and it yeah. it leans in on that like so heavy that I mean you got to appreciate it for what it is. It felt more like a DVD extra than a real movie, but it's fine. Like it was enjoyable. And now Clerks Three, it it's also again leaning very hard on that. Where Clerks Two was really funny, and it was yeah. just a pure comedy. I think Clerks Two is probably the, in my opinion, the funniest movie he's ever made, and I think it hits the mainstream notes well, also. Uh, it was also one of the most successful. I think after Zach and Mary make a porno, also did really well for him, but that had Seth Rogen in it. Uh, and so Clerks 2 was a, re- a really good pure comedy. It still had what made the first one special, still raunchy as hell. Um, still talked down about Lord of the Rings, which I enjoyed. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, even though I still like L- Lord of the Rings movies. They're fine. But um, this new one, 
it seems like it leans again hard on that nostalgia, and it's kind of a mix of real life as well. So the plot here is um, after Randall suffers a heart attack in the quick stop, he decides to enlist the help of everyone and make a movie about his life. So now it's like it looks like Randall's playing the Kevin Smith role, um, and you know, kind of just recreating the. It's like a how the first movie got made behind the scenes, but they're just making a movie about it in the third one. And as maybe you know, maybe you don't know, in 2018, Kevin Smith had a heart attack. So it's kind of a blend of all those things. So it's like Kevin Smith was his heart attack. And then leading into just them making a movie about how they made the first movie, kind of. Like, that's the vibe. So it's interesting. It's kind of weird. It feels so close to home that I feel like there's going to be so much winking and so much like, hey, look, look, look we did this, haha. <laughs> Because you know how we did this before. I'm a little worried about it. But the second one, I love so much that I'm I'm super excited for this still. I'm always going to be excited. But there's it's so, it's so close to home. Whereas the second one felt just like a movie. Yeah. But the trailer works. The trailer works. There's like, uh, and the needle drop oh, like bro. that. Please tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I freaking loved it. I just, man. I I love it. I, I miss trailers like that. You know? Yeah, it just felt like an American those, Pie trailer. Yeah, bro. Just those needle drops, those just classic songs, early 2000 songs. Like, oh, man. I, I loved it. I got excited when that needle drop happened. I was like, yeah, dude. Let's, freaking, yeah. let's go. I was like, I'm about to watch this, dude. This is this is going to be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to cry a ton when I watch this. But I think I'll enjoy this one better than uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think so too. I think the big reason is so Jeff Anderson that plays Randall like never mm-hmm. wants to do these sequels. Like he made that first movie and was like, I don't want to do anything else. He's whatever he's doing in life, it's not acting. Like he's just not interested. Mm-hmm. And when they made the second one, he was like, Oh, I I didn't want to do it. And Kevin Smith kept saying, Hey, we have the script. Everyone's on board except Jeff Anderson. He doesn't want to do it. Finally, they convinced him to do it. The movie ended up well, you know? And now here we are again. And this third one has like there was a copy of the script in 2013 that was done. And this is, you know, pre-heart attack, pre-everything. I'm sure it was a very different script than the one they ended up making. Yeah. And Jeff Anderson has consistently just been like, No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And that's kind of, and then they were like, they got funding. They didn't get funding. This one is completely funded by Kevin Smith. He put up all his own money for it. So it's a heart attack on purpose. He's yeah, like, hey, you got to do this now. He's like, oh, yeah. okay. He's, He's like, I might die. Like- I might die, bro. You have to help out. <laughs> so there's that that's part of me did. that's like, all right, because Jason Mewes, who plays Jay, Jay and Silent Bob, is not going to say no to Kevin Smith. If Kevin Smith's like, hey, we got another Jay and Silent Bob, Jason Mewes is going to be like, of course, whatever. You, like, let's go. Um, that's just the kind of relationship they have. But Jeff Anderson, if he convinces him to do it, there's a small part of me that's like, all right, they must have got something good. Like they must have figured something out that's gonna play well. So I'm excited for it. And the trailer also wasn't a red band, which I feel like is a weird move because these movies are extremely vulgar. Yeah. They are yeah. extremely vulgar. They rub your face in it. And the trailer was just not vulgar at all. I'm not sure why they didn't put out a red band. I mean, that's what the fans want. It's the third one. Like we know what we're getting into, so let's just give it to oh, us. They gotta, you know, well, yeah, they're gonna give us the red band, but first you gotta, you know, get some buy-in. You gotta get people to come in. Yeah. Like try to get everyone. 
That's why they have that little Ben Affleck cameo in there. Oh, yeah. Ben Affleck. I mean, that's what I love about Dogma. It's like this weird movie about Catholicism, but people just forget. It's like, oh, you know that Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie? They're like, oh, Good Will Hunting? Like, no, no, no. Dogma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one where they're fallen <laughs> angels. The movie that also has yeah. Chris Rock and Selma Hayek and uh, Alan Rickman. There we go. So, uh, Alan Rickman as well. Alan and Rickman, bro. It is an insane cast of people in this movie that literally has like a poop monster in it as well. So dogma is a hundred percent worth anyone's time. If you haven't seen dogma, but yeah, I'm pumped, man. I, I, I'm pumped and I'm, I'm happy that Kevin Smith is uh, making this movie because nothing makes me happier than when like a filmmaker makes something really close to their heart and they just kind of like, kind of yeah. like fall back in love to like what, like what they're doing and stuff. And just make something really close to your yeah. heart. And it just, it's always like an awesome movie. It's always like an awesome experience. And it just uh, had an awesome story. I feel like, oh man, you, do you know why this movie is important? And you break down the whole heart attack, you break down the whole like years between and things like that. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing, bro. I'm so pumped that that's happening. And, and shout out to Kevin Smith. I think he's doing better health wise <laughs> and stuff. And uh, I hope. Oh, he's lost a ton of weight. Oh, he looks yeah, I mean, he looks he, great. He, you know, he d- doesn't leave the world too soon. Um, no, yeah, he's he's really doing well in that sense. He's he went full vegan, vegetarian, or vegan. I'm not sure which. And he's been he's been kicking ever since. Yeah, and I just cannot get over uh, his whole breakdown of uh, when he was doing Superman. <laughs> he was like writing it, and his whole like thing <laughs> where it, you know uh, Dub showed it to me once, and I just. I just keep thinking about it, and it's the funniest thing ever. And it's an awesome story that we could probably tell, you know, later on and stuff. But it's it's amazing. It is amazing. I don't know. I feel like his stories are all really long. I was like, we can clip it in, but they're none of them are short. <laughs> they're like all like ten minutes minute long. Story, but, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just letting yeah. break down how how crazy the restraints he had. On, <laughs> which Superman movie was it? It was like Superman Returns or. Yeah, it's one. Well, he was just mm-hmm. a writer for it, and um, the the producer kept asking for like a giant like spider, and he was like, "No, like I'm not like what." <laughs> and then that producer Wild ends Wild up West. like producing Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Yeah, and then you know what's the thing at the end? Of course, it's like yeah, big dude. giant mechanical spider. I'm like, oh, but of course, you yeah. know his delivery is terrific. It's it's a really funny. So story. We want Superman, but he can't fly. Um, Boy, he's Superman, like he flies. <laughs> Yeah, he can't fly. <laughs> okay, all right. I guess we'll write it in. He's like, I say, I was just agreeing with everything because I wanted to be in this movie. <laughs> it's like I really wanted this job. The other cool thing about you know this movie is because he funded it himself. You know the way they usually do this is they they do have their wide release date in theaters, but he also kind of does a road show with it where he goes to a bunch of cities. They watch the movie, you buy tickets like 50 bucks a ticket, and then he does a QA after the movie. Usually we'll have someone there, like Jason Muse is usually there, and they'll kind of do a QA and just talk about the movie, talk about what happened. And and so again, that's he's gonna have fans forever because of this, because he's accessible, he's personable, and um, you know, he keep but he keeps going to this well, which it's a well that I like and I appreciate. And again, Clerks 2, yeah. I think is literally just one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm cautiously, I mean, I'm excited. I'm probably going to go to the road show. I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, so, but we'll see. I, Jane Silent Bob reboot, I was, I was a little disappointed. So, I hope this is great, though. I hope it's great. Let's I'm excited go. for a red band as well. 
Let's go. And then another, so this is a TV show. This is one that we talked about. A lot of this is old news, but I kind of ignored it completely because I don't think either one of us cared about it. There was even a pod where I might have edited the part out, but I was like, oh, they did the title release. And you're like, yeah, I got nothing. I was like, me neither. And then we just went on to the next thing. Uh, But Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, this new Amazon show is coming out. Now, they released a one-minute clip, which was a teaser of the next teaser that's coming out after we record this, although it'll probably be out once the episode's out. Did you watch that one-minute teaser? Yeah, I did. Everyone's just looking up in the sky. Like, whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't look up. Like, what is this? Yeah. You guys didn't listen. <laughs> uh, did Did you feel like it was an extremely... Did it feel expensive or did it feel normal? Uh, it felt, uh, it felt normal. Well, there's a lot of close-ups of people's faces. I'm like, oh man, that guy's makeup's bad. Well, that's not good. Like, oh, that, that beard's definitely glued on. That's what I felt like. Oh no, that's okay. Like, so stood out to me. So Lord of the Rings is an interesting franchise. It's a franchise that I, I think initially, and part of it's cause I watched every single movie at midnight back when midnight showings were a thing. And yeah. so I was tired. The movies are long, and I didn't really care that much. And so I think I had a bad taste in my mouth because I just was, it was like the worst time to be watching these movies that you're not super engaged in. But you know, your friends went to the midnight screening, you just went, it's a big movie, whatever. I rewatched all three of them in a row one day. And I was like, oh, these are actually pretty good. Which is like, I know there's some people right now, like, yeah, of course, the Lord of the Rings are pretty good. Like, I know, I know, it sounds crazy. But I, I was like, oh, okay, these are cool. Like, I enjoyed them. I'm not a huge, like, gigantic fan, but I got no problem with Lord of the Rings. Like, they're good. And this show, which, again, is like, eh, so-so, whatever. But they're saying the first season is costing $58 million per episode, uh, which is a lot. Uh, Now, I don't know. They're saying some of that might just be, like, because it's a lot to create the worlds. But once they have them created, it's going to be cheaper. Uh, hopefully that's true. I mean, because fifty-eight million dollars is you know more than a, most movies cost nowadays, and they allocated one billion dollars. They like are promised. I don't know how it is. I don't know if it's like an Amber Heard. Like I pledged one billion, but they allocated one billion dollars to make five seasons of this show. They paid two hundred fifty million for the rights to the books. It's all take place before the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh I feel like based on the cost of this series alone, it has become a must watch just based on the cost. Like they're spending so much money on it. I have to see what happens here. Do you know how much each episode of Stranger Things was uh, season four? I do not. 30 million each episode. That makes sense. Are those like every single? Okay, for sure. I know they had a couple long ones. Yeah, it was like 30 million. I think the whole season was 270 million and uh, Top Gun Maverick. You know, the budget for that was 170. Yeah. So Stranger Things, like $100 million more than, bro, watching Stranger Things, I'm like, bro, how is this so much more money? Though? You're like, how? <laughs> yeah. How? Like, I, I understand, like, CGI and, like, creating things and things like that. $30 million? Yeah. But I, I'm sure they're just paying top dollar for these actors. Yeah. And freaking, every, you know, all this aside. So then I don't know how many actors they got in this Lord of the Rings team. Maybe they got, like, 70 actors bro they gotta pay them out um to create this world and stuff yeah but it's 
like a prequel. So I don't think there's any like long. It's long before the events of Lord of the Rings, and so I may be mistaken. I I don't. I'm not too knowledgeable on it, but I don't think there's any like familiar faces, like 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 returning cast and stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a, a crazy amount. How many episodes? What's the episode count here? It's fifty eight million. Maybe like be three episodes. Eight episodes? <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's going to be you know eight episodes. I think. Damn, dude. That's a lot of money, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, the Lord of the Rings movies, they had a big budget too, though, right? Or no? They did uh, $281 million for all three. What the fuck? That's crazy. So I think it breaks down to like $94 million each. Dang! Yeah, this show better be awesome. Because <laughs> you know why? Because I'm not gonna watch it. You know, <laughs> like they need to account for me. You know, like oh, then they gotta man. account for people that are not gonna watch this, so they can make some sort of money or some sort of something. Because 58 million sounds crazy. So the cost, the cost of these episodes is not enough for you to be like, you know what? Let me check it out. Maybe the first episode, but I okay. need a strong pilot. I need a strong pilot. Not like yeah. one of those. Like, oh, there's going to be a lot of sweeping scenery stuff in this pilot because it's, you know, <sighs> you're in Middle Earth and how amazing is that? Mm, I don't know. I better end with a bang. Like, at least with Game of Thrones, like the first episode, they, they th- threw a kid off a building. Yeah. That like, sucked me into Game that. of Thrones for a, yeah, a good couple episodes. I lost it by the end of the first season, but I was like, yeah, they just kicked this kid out of a window. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's handicapped now for the rest of the show. Like, it's just how it is. Yeah, yeah it was, life before. It was rough, <laughs> like, the next scene, he's just like riding on someone's shoulders. I was like, man, they really, really did this kid wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, he's not gonna walk again. Oh, fuck, dude. All right, this show is dark. Um, yeah, they they better give me something. I don't want to. I'm not a like I I don't want to watch this, and it's gonna be all like. Like lovey dovey elf stuff. Like I need some dark, bro. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Dubs. <laughs> I, I I like can't see this, and everyone's like harping around like some fairies, like around you know, like a fire, and you know, like everything's all beautiful and stuff. Like I, I gotta see some crazy shit. Like give me a give me like some wild stuff, bro. I'm trying to see some demons. Yeah. Some like creep like that fifty eight million. I better be scared or something. Okay, you know I don't really talk like this, but maybe throw me some nudie scenes. I'm like, oh, this is okay. Uh, okay. It's an adult show here. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. <laughs> Just where I'm like, whoa, this is fifty eight million, bro. That's yeah, fifty eight million. You know, that's but where if I'm, I'm watching this and it's like it's all happy and stuff. I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> some lovey dovey elf. <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah. holding hands and shit. No, I get you. I get you, man. You sound you know, like me. Like, I agree completely. Yeah, I'm trying to see some like, like real life jungle stuff, which I know this is not like <laughs> that, but yeah. I'm trying to see some craziness. I need my elf to have more than just pointy ears. You know, I need my elf to be a freaking dude. Okay. <laughs> or a chick. I mean, I, I, I just mean more like just like damn, like this badass. All right. Yeah. This elf right here, not just like an elf prancing around. Like, what's up? Things are happy here. <laughs> Fair I need enough. a freaking elf, like yeah, just with the edge, you know, like yeah, like the elf with the hey, drinking problem, some like that, like Peter yep. Dinklage, remember that guy? Yep. I just keep talking about Game of Thrones, bro. Yeah, I need that little drunk, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I need some drama in here. Oh That's man, what I need. all right. Well, hey, I respect you. Hopefully, you get what you want. Um, yeah, that little one minute clip. I mean, it's just one minute clip. Everyone's looking up, but I, I just got the. I was like, ooh, I don't. 
It doesn't feel 58 million an episode. It just doesn't feel that way. But we'll see. The next teaser comes out, I think, tomorrow. So we'll find out more then. But Someone, like computer generated this world. And it was like, they were just, they just, Bill kept racking up. Like, hey, bro, we need, we need more. I need more money. We need more. The computer graphics need a- more money to make things. I don't know how the you world works. Saying? Who who was was it James Cameron? He was like, all right, we're gonna do Avatar, but in order to make this movie, I gotta buy, I gotta create a company, and so he just created a company <laughs> yeah. to do his effects. Yeah, <laughs> and then like the movie ended, and what happened? He just kept his company. You know, like this is all a scam, bro. Well, there's, I mean, there's more Avatar coming out this year. I mean, it's yeah. How long did that take? Oh, the biggest long scam in America, time. bro. Have you seen that TikTok? Like, what's the biggest scam in America? No one talks about. Yeah, it. yeah, like yeah. Avatar, bro. My my man, James Cameron created a company for his film. Sequel came out thirty years later. Dude, <laughs> what type of shit is that? <laughs> it's real. That or some of the billing. You know, maybe someone's getting paid like ten million. Per yeah, episode. I don't think anyone is in there that anyone knows. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I read through the names. I was like, that means nothing to me. Uh, there yeah. may be like some nothing's awesome stars, too. Like no, nothing's more better than going on that Wikipedia page and you look at the cast and no one has like a hyperlink to. Their- You're like, oh, we're about to discover everyone. Yeah. Like, oh shit. This yeah. is a, his history. Fast forward to a year from now is like the biggest bomb in TV history. Yeah. It very well could be, but it. I mean, it won't. It's going to be successful. It's just how successful. I don't. You know, how's that return on investment? Who knows? I and mean, we've talked about how streamers like measure success a couple times, and it's like we don't even really know what they need or what they don't need or what works, what doesn't. Uh, they just yeah, I can never stuff. figure it out. Yeah, but I like, do math on my phone. I get some crazy numbers. I'm like, yeah, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> like part of it is like there's the sign up, and then there's just like the hope that you stay signed up. Uh, moving on to uh, Stranger Things. So this is just Stranger Things. We already talked about it. Uh, the Madman. Um, pleaded to the people, like, please watch Stranger Things season four. Uh, he was begging people to watch uh, one of the most successful shows of all time. And uh, your <laughs> your pleas worked, you know, because uh, Stranger Things four, and again, this is about a week ago, it passed one billion hours viewed. So people listened to the podcast, um, and they were like, you know what? I guess we should watch the show, and so they uh, did, and it's now. Like second most watched show behind, or it got to that mark faster than any show besides Squid Game, which again is like it's just a phenomenon. Hey, you're you're welcome, uh, Duffy Brothers. <laughs> I hook y'all up, man. Let me get some of that cut, bro. I'm trying to get some of that eleven money, you know. Let them know. So next, uh, we got so we got two things. One, there's gonna be a segment. We'll jump in. I talked to our buddy Garrett for a little bit about the bear, but but now I wanted. To, I just wanted to like. Just throw out a recommendation, almost like a recommendation slash celebration. So the challenge is a show that's near and dear to my heart and the Madman as well. Uh, we love the MTV shows, and the challenge just started. It's CBS edition, you know. So uh, you know, MT. It's been an MTV show for years, right? And TJ Lavin's been the host since 2005. He has hosted 31 seasons of the challenge, which is a competition reality show. Over 17 years, and they've done three seasons of All Stars on Paramount Plus, still hosted by TJ Lavin. And now they're finally on network cable. They are on CBS. Now, Viacom owns CBS and MTV, so all that makes sense. But it's just kind of cool, you know, to see this show that you've kind of grown up with and you've been a fan of for so long. We've talked about the challenge multiple times on this podcast. Um, you know, there's a world where this was just a challenge podcast at some point could have been, you know, uh, and 
TJ is TJ is still the host. It doesn't have any of the MTV cast members right now, but it is uh, people from Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race, and Love Island. All the all the big major uh, CBS reality shows, and it, it just feels cool. It feels like your friends like grew up and they they just got something big. So I'm so excited that it's airing. It started, and the first episode was absolutely terrific. Freaking TJ, man. I like cannot get over the fact that like every time they do a season of the challenge, he like brings his whole family. They ran out like Airbnb. He just goons out. <laughs> he just lives it up. Yeah. Give me a little preview on, 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 on this show, on this season. Like who, who do you think is going to be like the winner? You know, like, can you predict this? Yeah. So anyone that stood out to you? I mean, Tyson stood out. He's the kind of the big one. He also won the first challenge in the first episode with, um, Oh gosh, I can't even think of her name right now. But from Big Brother, she was like the one dating okay. Tyler. If anyone knows, like Big Brother Twenty, I think. Either way, Tyson. Uh, T- Tyson's like a standout. He's a Survivor winner. Like I think four times Survivor player. He is. He's great uh, in the show. He doesn't seem to take it too seriously, but like in a good way. You know, he's just very like laid back, kind of funny about it. Um, it's interesting. Everyone seems to be playing their role for the most part. The Love Island group, they're like, went out, they're like twerking, having a good time. Uh, they're just there messing around. The Big Brother players are like very quiet and just kind of keep to themselves a little bit and they're just trying to scope everything out. Uh, Survivor is just happy they have beds there and the Amazing Race is just trying to plot everything out. So it's interesting. I, you know, besides a couple of the Love Island characters, I know everyone, I've seen all their shows. So that's cool too, like being familiar with everyone. I right now am more high. I think of the players that I'm excited about, the Survivor players, it's like Tyson, Sarah, uh, Ben. I like all three of them. And so I, I think they're going to do really well. They seem well-versed in these games. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. But the best thing about the challenge and the thing that kind of sets it apart from a lot of these other shows is you do get voted in to these eliminations. But usually someone's got someone's got to force you out. You know, it's not just like you get voted out and it's like, oh, you got backstabbed, so be it. You may get backstabbed, but you still get an opportunity to just go head to head with someone. It's like, all right, you want me out? Get me out then. And so that's that's what makes this show better than all the other ones. That's what puts it a cut above, if you ask me. And uh, so, but it's it was great so far. First season was good. We're used to on the MTV show seeing these characters and their built-in relationships, so we know they have drama already. So this, so the show starts with drama because people already got screwed over in a previous season. There's a lot of returning characters, and I was kind of worried to not have that. But these are all people that did other shows together, so they're still bringing their bullshit with them. Like there's still you know drama, there's still mistrust <laughs> just from the start, so it still has that element to it. Uh, the MTV show is arguably a little messier. Uh, the Love Islanders yeah. are trying to bring a little bit of that. But right now, everyone's kind of staying in their own factions. So I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, no I don't one's know. like hooking up yet? Yeah, no, none of that. None of that. So I don't know how that like social aspect is going to play in and if it's ever going to get crazy. I if you, if you ask me, some of the best episodes or the best seasons of the challenge are the ones where all, there's a lot of drama behind the scenes as well. And, you know, a lot of drama at the house. Obviously, good challenges are good. Good eliminations are good. But just a good old reality TV, uh, like, bitching at each other, that's great, too. And I don't know if they're drinking on this show, but they should, bro. They can. I think they can drink a little bit. I know there's, like, some champagne going around and stuff. And they do go to, like, a club every night. 
or every night after a challenge or something like that like between Mm -hmm. a challenge and an elimination they have like a club night where they can go politic and have some drinks uh i'm not sure how much uh, alcohol and liquor they have at the house though i'm not too sure and uh you you predict there'll be more of these seasons then huh which would just be even better for tj yeah, so right now I think the plan is now the flagship show still going on, the one on MTV. They have yeah. this one is called the Challenge USA, which is the one on CBS, and then they're having a challenge. I believe they're having a UK one, like a, a like a South America one. I'm not sure where they all are, but they're having I think four or five different ones, and then the winners or the top people from those shows are going to be coming on to like a challenge like world war thing on paramount plus so yeah so the winners to this are like also along with the money they're winning a ticket to like the big one where it's all the countries versus each other so that's gonna be really interesting too yeah so i don't know if tj's hosting like the ones in different countries i'm I'm not even sure if they're airing right now if they filmed i have no idea what's going on their version of like tj like the spain one yeah the chinese one yeah, it's all over. So I don't know. I think there's only four or five, though. I don't think there's like twenty. So I'm not. It's not like the single winner from each one. It's a lot. It's of a TJs whole thing. There. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of TJ. Everyone just says, "Hi, I'm TJ." Hola, it's with yeah. TJ. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. everyone. Or it's just him. He's just like hustling, hustling, bro. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. But yeah, so so uh, check out the Challenge USA on uh, CBS. Even if you don't know the characters, you'll you'll grow to love it. The other thing, too, with these reality shows, the first episodes are always rough. Also, like, Big Brother started. Like, the first episode of Big Brother always sucks because it's just, like, this intro episode. You don't know anything. And then as people start getting messy, it gets better. So just got to just gotta take the ride with it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, from here, we'll cut in the conversation with Garrett and I talking about The Bear, uh, which is on FX on Hulu. And it is a terrific show. All right, and joining me now is Garrett to talk about a show that, uh, well, I just noticed in the chat that we both really were drawn to, both really enjoyed, and that show is called The Bear on Hulu. Uh, Garrett, how you doing? What's going on, brother? <laughs> What's happening, Sorry, I always, man? I, I always <laughs> wanted to try and do that. <laughs> it's my favorite part of every oh, episode. That's terrific. Oh, yeah, but I, uh, I'm doing great. Um, so <laughs> it is funny, in one of our chats that we're both a part of, this this show came up and I had been kind of putting it on the back burner, um, and I knew I was going to like it because, you know, I knew um, the main actor, Jeremy Allen White from um, Shameless. Yeah. Is that his name? Jeremy Allen White, right? He is there. Lip. Um, yeah, Lip. So, and I, you know, he's my favorite part of Shameless, probably. He kind yeah. of, if you've watched through Shameless, he's probably one of your favorite characters, and uh, I was like... You know, it's it's in a kitchen. It's in Chicago. It's very much like I, I was getting shameless vibes, seeing the trailers for it and stuff. And I was like, I I'm gonna dig this. And then it kept getting brought up, and I was like, all right, it's gonna it's time. And I I sat through and binged it in two days. And boy, am I am I happy I did. Very there you much. Go. We got a we got a bear head. Uh, that's oh, yeah. what that's what I'm calling. I'm calling myself a bear head as well. <laughs> uh, the the synopsis here. Let me run through the plot uh, for everyone. So this is a. Uh, Carmen Berzado is a brilliant young chef from the fine dining world and is forced to return home to run his family's sandwich shop, the original beef of Chicagoland, after a heartbreaking death in his family. A world away from what he's used to, Carmen must balance the soul-crushing reality of trading in Michelin star restaurants for the small business kitchen filled with strong-willed 
and reluctant staff and his strained familial relationships all while grappling with the impact of his brother's suicide. Uh, this is labeled as a comedy. It, it's <laughs> it's definitely funny at parts. Um, sure. I, I think about, I mean, episode or two in, I was like, oh, this is like if the Safty brothers, you know, who made Uncut Gems and Good Time, like if they just made a yeah. sitcom about a sandwich shop, this is kind of what would happen. It's very high energy, very frenetic, uh, but it's good. And I... I think I appreciated this very much, and, and I'm continuing to appreciate more. Just I I love a complicated story, and every time I say I like short movies, I'm always reminded by someone that well, aren't most of your favorite movies long movies? And they are. And so, although a lot of my favorite shows are complicated, I really enjoy these well put together, easy to digest like shows. That this this show was eight episodes long 30 minutes per episode you can watch the whole thing in four hours probably a little less and uh it is wild it's in your face uh this is well it's on hulu but it's like fx on hulu i'm not sure how Mm -hmm. that all breaks down i think it all dropped in one day but it's technically fx show but it dropped for hulu so i I think i i don't really know that but it's definitely on hulu it's funny i actually was going to ask you about that because since i just kind of sat through it and binged it uh, the whole time I was watching it, I didn't know the whole show was, like, the whole season was out already. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, am I going to catch up? I, I guess I'm not catching up. And then I was like, maybe it just all dropped at once. So, yeah. um, And then the way they did the, the seventh and eighth episode specifically made me think, oh, this is, this is different. You couldn't just fit this into a 30-minute time slot. Because uh, like you said, the all, each episode is about 30 minutes, but um, that seventh episode, so the, the penultimate episode of the season was only um 17 minutes i believe when i when i looked at it and yeah it, it had after the no credits. commercial breaks yeah. it, it had no cuts it was it was a, a it was a ride let's put it that way and i think the last episode was like extra long to fill in that gap so i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I think they still hit the 30 minute average when you look at both of them i yeah, think the exactly. last episode is like 43 minutes long yeah. um that seventh episode is is uh, insane. It's actually very similar to a movie that I oh gosh, and I talked about it on the top top movies of 2021. It was my number one movie of the year. I was so taken by this movie. Uh, it's called Boiling Point, and it's a uh, it's a movie from the UK, and it's all shot in one take, and it takes place in a restaurant while there's a food critic who shows up, and you know there's people not showing up for work, and things aren't being prepped in time, and. It's such a crazy environment and perfect for like a one take type thing where a lot a lot of I mean I guess you know you can call anything a gimmick if you really want to but it doesn't feel like a gimmick in that environment and that movie no. was so well executed um so to see you know the bear and I didn't I was I went and read articles I was like oh did they mention boiling point I'm just wanting this movie to get more love and just more eyes and no one said anything but I'm I'm convinced that someone watched boiling point and was like hey we should do an episode like this because yeah that it's all one take no cuts and it it just works so well in that environment never mind the fact that these characters in the show are extremely high strung uh yeah. everyone oh, yeah. everyone is right at the edge of their sanity and and that episode right there you know uh, it's the seventh out of eight episodes, and so there's so much build up to that episode as far as people getting stressed out and and the chaos that kind of just kept building. And that was the boiling point episode of the show. Oh yeah. Um, and so it did feel like what you were saying earlier of like an uncut gems feel, 
um, where it's just like, oh my gosh, when is the stress going to stop? And it just keeps building. It's like a, <laughs> yeah. it's like a slow build the whole episode of just more stress, more stress, more things going wrong, more things going wrong to the point of just yeah. people breaking. And then it continues to get more stressful. It's just, it was a wild ride. And yeah. even though it was only 17 minutes, uh, you know, straight episode, it felt like you're just on the edge of your seat the whole time. So it was like, oh, finally, I got to take a deep breath when the episode ends. Um, and yeah. it, going into that last episode, there's a lot of contrast of just how it was made. The, the whole first six episodes. So I watched the first six episodes of my first day. Mm. That was like my oh, first sitting. It's a good three It hours. was great. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the, the, the pacing of the show. wasn't too quick or anything they weren't getting too deep into things you know they talked yeah. about the whole his story of why he's doing this and how he's a little bit of a fish out of water even though he's back home mm-hmm. and um you know it gives you some context but it's your basic like fx show as far as the kind of vibe where it's like you know maybe something similar to like in atlanta or something where it's a little darker i i i agree with you i was kind of expecting more of a comedy when i when i open it up and it says comedy drama <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was definitely less of the the shameless type comedy and more of the shameless type drama yeah um but it was all like workplace stuff it was just it was just really fascinating it was like a very oh this this is a good show good acting the story is interesting enough and then once you hit that seventh episode i came back the next day and finished those last two episodes and it was just like a major adrenaline hit and made mm-hmm. me be like, wow, this show is awesome. <laughs> like I, I, I even see on IMDb, it's, it's 8.5 stars out of 10 right now, which is extremely high for, for any shows that are generally rated, especially within their first season. So yeah. I'm excited because uh, th- especially where they kind of left off the show, it's like, okay, there's, there's direction here. I think I think I, I do you know if it's been renewed or anything or season uh, two? Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not sure about the future of it at all. Yeah. And there there was a couple so the show, I mean, I find a lot of it funny, mm-hmm. but I know there's people uh that just I mean, well, obviously everyone has a different sense of humor, but there's a lot sure. of things that I found funny, but I think there's a couple scenes outside the restaurant that really point to the type of humor this show has. Yeah. And one of them is uh, there's a moment where the main character, uh, Carmi, uh, Jeremy Allen White, who is um, there, him and his cousin, they're like helping cater uh, a party, and <laughs> it's like, well, it's like kind of a family party thing. <laughs> and this old guy walks up and he's like, "Hey, who are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm Carmen." He's like, "Didn't you kill yourself?" And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> no, that was my brother." And he's like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and then you know, it's just kind of one of those moments. You know, no one breaks, no one says anything. It's just, it just happens. And yeah. that episode ends with uh, them, you know, accidentally finding out they spilled a bottle of Xanax and like this, you know, lemonade for everyone. And all these kids are just passed out on the ground. <laughs> and there's just these shots of a bunch of kids just knocked out. The yeah. guy's like, yeah, it's all right. I don't mind. Yeah. And that, it's that's really, the humor. Exactly. And the, the humor comes from like just the reality of the situations and the high stress stuff and people being people. Yeah. Like someone's a little snarky comment back to someone who's being all stressed out or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the humor mostly is. It's, it doesn't feel like they forced any, they're not like, oh, we need a, you know, joke per minute type thing. Not at all. They're, they're really, because there are some, there's one scene where he's, of course, you know, if you know anything about Shameless, Lip is like, 
in a in and out of dealing with you know alcoholism and stuff and then in this show the first thing you see pretty much is him at an aa meeting for or it's like a recovery because his brother was an addict so he's like trying to recover by exp- I, I didn't quite get why he kept going but it was something like a help you recover from a trauma group mm, and yeah. he sits down and gives like the most intense like this is why my life is this way speech and it's like a four or five minute scene mm-hmm. just the camera slowly zooming in on him the whole time and there's like oh there is no comedy to be found no. here it is <laughs> yeah. dark you know um so yeah the the times where a lot of times when they're out of the the restaurant which the most of the show i'd say 85 90 percent of the show is inside the restaurant like dealing with the day-to-days yeah um but the times sometimes you know when when they have to go pick up the caulk for to make some repairs, and oh, yeah. you see the the different personalities kind of clashing, and you know there's a lot of their there a lot of their snarkiness of people being mad and like yelling at each other. There's a lot of like funny comments and that stuff, but that's just natural. Like that's yeah. those are smart people being funny. <laughs> no, it, it's 100 percent funny. It just and it works. It just works yeah. in that environment. And anyone that's ever worked in kind of a kitchen environment knows that that environment is unique and. Uh, and there's all, of course, there's all sorts of different kinds of kitchens and, uh, this is one's definitely a little more unhinged and it feels, you know, uh, there's, it's we have a couple like inner city Chicago, right? Yeah. And that's going to say, we have yeah. a couple buddies or, you know, some people from that area that have watched the show and, you know, they've, they really gravitated to the show as well and really enjoyed it. So I don't know anything about Chicago, but <laughs> it, it seems like the locals <laughs> are enjoying it. And so I, I just want to recommend it to everyone because I, I just thought it was great. And the, well, okay, so the creator too is um, Christopher Storer. And I was looking at what this guy has done, and he's busy. Uh, he probably has like 20 plus directing credits on his IMDb. Uh, but he did Bo Burnham's first two specials. He did What and uh, Make Happy. And he did like Hassan Minaj's Homecoming King. And he was involved with uh, a couple other stand-ups as well. So I thought it was really interesting that this guy who's directed a lot of stand-up specials, like probably had like six or seven uh, relatively mainstream ones there, uh, went to create this show. And I don't know. I I was, when I saw that, I would have even expected more comedy from it. Yeah. But it seems like comedians consistently when they have the reins to do these things and we're not talking about like everybody loves Raymond or Seinfeld but it seems like especially with FX you know comedians and even you know rappers like you know Childish Gambino and Lil Dicky uh that when they make something it takes itself a lot more seriously than most people probably would expect them to take mm-hmm. it including even like you know Louis CK show Louis stuff like that it's very interesting how they always play out especially on FX yeah it's it's Something that I've learned to really enjoy is most FX shows. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I, well, I, I don't know most FX shows, but a lot of these, the ones you're talking about, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Atlanta, Dave, Louie, like that kind of stuff, it's, it is it is a different vibe. It's not what your classic comedy, but you watch and you're like, yeah, it's it's a comedy. You know, it's definitely funny. They know what they're doing. But yeah. it's really the, the like heartstrings and the serious moments is where they have more, I feel like, pull than the normal sitcom that you'll see because there is there's a lot of darkness in these shows and oh yeah you know that's where comedy kind of has such a great um metamorphosis or you know comes out of that um in a, in a unique way and i think it plays fx has just decided hey this this formula kind of works letting these creative 
um, people be creative and not really giving them limits. And it's oh been gosh. it's yeah. been good. That's there's nothing better than knowing you're watching content that it's like, oh, what is this? It's like, well, the people who were hired to be creative mm-hmm. um, are being creative, and this is what they decided to make. You know, take it or leave it. Uh, you're getting what someone wanted to make, and you gotta love the FX. I mean, I'll talk about FX all day, just how great they are, or at yeah. least seemingly from my perspective, for creators, specific. Even Louis' show, and I think Atlanta too did recently. Like Louis took like two years off. He's like, eh, I don't have anything, and then he yeah. just came back and made another season. And you know, before all his allegations and all that, they work fine with that. They're like, hey, do whatever you want. You know, you want to mm-hmm. come make another one? Let us know. If you don't, enjoy your time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's and you just. You love, you know, they're not pushing versus a lot of these big networks and stuff. It's there's like a team who are yeah. the creatives for everyone and they're dictating everything and they say what you can do and what you can't do. So, this is, I, it's just, yeah, you got to appreciate and, FX for what it's doing. And like a minor plot spoiler, but not really. But <laughs> I kind of feel like that was a lot to me. That's kind of what I gathered from the show a little bit was about letting creative people be creative and yeah. like, you know, trying to limit certain types of people oh yeah even the show they showed how how much um that can bring it down a system but within a Mm -hmm. system if if you can let those who are creative and excel in certain ways to excel it's like oh this is this causes things to be great and so they kind of cover that in the show with some of the characters and the way that 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 restaurants run and kind of looks like it's going to be run in the future but um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see. And, um, I was, you know, we talked a little bit about it just cause again, you know, I'm a big shameless fan, but the Jeremy Allen white, like I was watching the show. I'm just like, this dude is actually a good actor. Like I believe <laughs> everything he says, and maybe it's cause this is just, An this extension. feels like it could have yeah, been a, a spinoff. It's a side l- quest. Literally. Yeah. yeah of, it's like after shameless, after he moves out of the, the house, uh, it's kind <laughs> so of true. what he's doing. <laughs> Uh, because he's he's really playing the same character from the kind of Chicago streets. He's got a little rough edge to him, but he's a nice guy at heart. Um, it really feels like it could be Lip Gallagher, and <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe he's a very like uh, niche um, actor. But if he can play this role in everything, I'll watch it. I, I freaking love it. I think he's great. No, same, same. Sometimes it's like if it works. Like why why mess with it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about uh, every season of Entourage as well. Oh yeah. There's like, you know, towards the end, um, he starts like Vince starts getting into drugs and stuff and he gets like kind of dark. And I was like, Hey, yeah. can I just yeah, can we like, just have like twenty entourage. more seasons? <laughs> yeah, where the boys are just having fun yeah. <laughs> and getting drunk and trying to sleep with everyone. Yeah. That's the show I, like I want. They like, just rolled around in a Hummer with a big pit bull with them, like that's just fun. That's what I want to watch on TV. Yeah, I want exactly. Turtle to get high. I want Artie to yell at people, and I want them all to just chill. Yeah. That's it. Uh, so I'll take a thousand more Entourage movies if they do just that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but no, definitely. All right. Well, uh, Garrett, thank you so much for hopping on, talking about The Bear a little bit. I hope you guys watch The Bear. Uh, watch yep. that, and then go on Amazon Prime. It's only available for rent. It's like a small movie, but watch Boiling Point 2021 terrific flick if you like that you like the bear if you like the bear you like that movie check it out it's next on my list thanks for having me mr dubs all right so welcome back uh yeah definitely watch the bear the show is awesome uh there's a couple stand-up specials 
that have come out. Well, one that just came out and one that's coming out. Bill Burr, uh, Live at Red Rocks, just dropped on Netflix. I know you watched some of this, Madman. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I'm inspired. I, I, I think some <laughs> of the inspiration came out in this uh, pod. But, um, yeah, it's, he's just so funny. I, I feel like he can say no wrong until like, I go on Twitter and just read like some stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I even hesitate. Like When I wrote it down, I was like, should we just like not do this? I feel like someone's going to be mad yeah. about something. I don't know. Oh, like, man, this is funny, dude. And then I go on Twitter, and it's like, oh, backlash. I'm like, oh, shit. I missed that one. <laughs> I'm like, it's not funny, man. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> never mind, never mind. So, yeah, but his job is to make me laugh, right? And to make fun of things and be satirical. Yeah. And... You know, there's different type of comedians. People love Jeff Foxworthy, you know, or even Larry the Cable Guy. I think that's the biggest scam in America. That guy just went up there <laughs> when he some was redneck shit, selling out shows for like two hours, just talking redneck stuff. Um, that's but so Bill true. Burr is funny, dude. He's just my type of humor. I just love like vulgar humor and just to say things I can't say and do it in a way that is funny. And it's funny too because I think he always has the moment where he like pulls back. He's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I'm an idiot. I know that. Uh, yeah. And there's even a, a moment in this one where he's like talking about feminism, and he's like, yeah, like I'm not worried about feminism because I know it's gonna fail, you know. So he always he always starts to like dig his hole, you know. And then then he ends. <laughs> he's talking about like every study about women says that they're smarter, and he goes on, and then he kind of stops. The crowd gets quiet. And he's like. I don't know if this is coming across. This is supposed to be like a motivational talk. I'm supposed to be yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's so funny. He's like, I don't know yeah. if it's coming off that way, but uh, <laughs> it's, I don't know. He's it just, was, yeah. It's just so yeah. I was hoping you said that punchline because I was ready to say it because it was, I cracked up. He was like, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm being serious. This is going to be like yeah. inspirational here. Like, I hope it's coming across straight. Uh, oh, I love the Red Rocks amphitheater, like that that stadium, the yeah. uh, Red Rocks amphitheater. Like, I just I want to be there, man. There's so many good shows I've seen on YouTube, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or specials I've seen. I know uh, Mumford and Sons they have a really good one. There was a Death Cab for Kitty concert I almost went to at Red Rocks. Oh, nice! Um, I just want to go. I just want to go to Red Rocks, bro. I want to, and it's dope that he's there. That state, that place is absolutely amazing and fun. Yeah, and so seems, shout out to him for playing there. Yeah, it's and choosing cool. a nice stadium to do it in. Yeah, but it, um, it's one of those where, like, it's same like you know you're live at Madison Square Garden. Like every other stand up special he's had yeah. has a name, and this one's just called Live at Red Rocks because that's the kind of venue it is. Like when you play Red Rocks, you just this is your Red Rock show. That's what it is. This is it. Yeah, and it's funny. I'm excited to finish it. It's freaking hilarious. He's just funny. I hope you guys can watch it. And some of the stuff he says is offensive for sure, but everyone's laughing. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, I gotta just accept that it's a show, you know, and it's comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's his job to make you laugh. It's very actually, Bill Burr. I mean, if there's, there is, I think, besides, there's like a couple like some abortion stuff at the end which is new to him but it's also very similar to like a joke Louis CK did on his like 2017 stand up special I think uh but the all these jokes like this is stuff about um like you know he talks about cancel culture he's talked about cancel culture a ton like you know canceling John Wayne yeah. and stuff like um you know the the women's sports stuff he's he's like talked about these things so 
Um, the some of the new stuff is one of the things with his daughter, but he, I mean, he's talked about his anger and stuff with his dad. Like that's all, that's all like um, places he's walked before. So I don't think there was anything really in the special that was like newly offensive or something that if you liked Bill Burr before that there's going to be something in this or you're like, oh, now he went too far. In a lot of ways, and I've consumed a lot of Bill Burr content, so there was a lot of like, it almost feels like a greatest hits at some points. Like he's maybe like a retread at some points. These are definitely things he's talked about previously. I feel like he sometimes he doesn't even have to say words. He could just like do his like yelling gibberish or whatever. And I just oh like yeah, a, yeah. He has such a distinct sound. It's so awesome. Yeah, he like went on a yelling rant where oh in this one because he was like oh they don't make homeless people like they used to, and uh, he's like yeah when I was a kid no one was just in there yelling at a tree you know and <laughs> that he just imitated being a homeless guy yelling at a tree it was hilarious like it just it just worked. It works. He could do that. If I do that, it's like, all right, shut up, bro. But like Bill Burner does it, it's like, it's just hilarious. So it's exciting. I don't know if you prepped yourself up for it a little bit, but yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was like, uh, oh, I was, I mean, I knew it was coming out. I mean, even in the group chat, I, I think around like midnight, I was like, hey, guys, uh, new Bill Burr, if anyone's awake. <laughs> uh, I was, I was waiting for like the moment it dropped. I was super stoked. I think they announced it like yeah. last week. And I was like, all right, this is one of those. Like, it was the first thing <laughs> you're like, yeah, it was the first thing my wife yeah. and I watched when I got home from work. Like we had dinner and then threw on Bill Burr. There we go, dude. Oh yeah, you had a two a drink, two drink minimum. Yeah, two drink minimum at the house. No, I definitely I just yeah. had water and a Lacroix, Lacroix, like hibiscus. Oh, it's so good. Oh, hibiscus. What oh, is yeah. a hibiscus? I don't know, but it's like like a pinkish red can, and it's delicious. Oh, I know that one. There you go. Um, and then the next comedy special, so it's not out yet, but Andrew Schultz, who is a, uh, he's kind of, I feel like taking the internet by storm. He's taken, he's, uh, was very successful on YouTube, releasing a special there. Um, like a lot of little clips, things like that. Uh, he's kind of, I feel like not the first comedian by any means, but he kind of ushered in a new wave of YouTube comedians, comedians who are like going back to the YouTube model and not necessarily doing the streamer thing. So Andrew Schultz, um, he's done one thing with Netflix, which was like five, four or fifteen minute things. Uh, it must it had some success, but I don't think it was that huge. But he had another special coming out for a streamer. They didn't specify which streamer, but the rumors are that it's Amazon because essentially they were like Netflix would have just let him release it. Like Netflix wouldn't have cared at some of this stuff. But the story is that. They wanted him to cut out some of his jokes, or they wanted him to cut down some of the jokes, cut down some of the punchlines. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna edit my comedy special." They're like, "Well, you have to." And so he bought it back from the streamer. He says, "Like, I just took my life savings, I bought it back, and now he's releasing a stand-up special on his website, fifteen dollars a pop." Uh, so it's kind of interesting, you know. We'll see how it goes. He's kind of made his name as someone who doesn't really follow the traditional model anyway. So I think he feels more comfortable in that role, like not really worried about the sure thing and just kind of letting the fans do the talking. So I'm very intrigued by this. He's definitely released a couple clips that are very funny, very edgy for sure, but very funny. So I'm excited to see this new Schultz special. I think it's called uh, Infamous. His heckling is awesome. And that and that's <laughs> what I think, like, when you talk about these like comedians coming back to YouTube too, I, I swear I just see so many videos of just hecklers. And, or just them like talking to the crowd, you know, like them just like doing crowd work and stuff. 
and uh, and his are always just so great. He does that thing that I love too, that like Dave Chappelle will do too, where he just like hits himself with the mic, or like he just hits his like lap with the mic yeah. like, after like a joke or something. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, yeah, and yeah. it just adds like this funny effect. I think a, a while ago when we talked about Andrew Schultz and him on Netflix and his little shows and things like that. I thought he was going to have like that. Like, I don't know if he had a, a contract with Netflix for like years or something, but I thought he was going to be like one of their guys, like, like just pooping out, you know, specials on uh, Netflix, similar to like Dave Chappelle, but it just, uh, it just seems like things change or um, the, I guess the climate right now kind of changing, gravitating towards, towards YouTube, which yeah. I thought the goal was to like get on Netflix, you know, get on, uh, get on on a big platform oh yeah i mean yeah it, no it's definitely well that that seems to be the traditional goal but he also had so much success on youtube and you know and then of course the flagrant podcast started doing really well and they've had some like insane guests recently like they had joe rogan come to them which in the podcast world is a big thing right so i don't know i it's i just know that he's just always been comfortable being like, hey, well, if you're not going to let me do what I want to do, I'll just, you know, like the people want to hear me talk. They don't want you to censor me. So I'm just going to let, you know, we'll let the money do the top talking capitalism, right? Like if people buy it, then, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. But he had to buy it back because I was like, wait, you buy it back. But then, of course, like, you know, when you enter in this contract with the streamer, they pay for everything. You know, they pay for the venue. They pay for the director. They take care of all the costs. And then so they're like, all right, well, if you want it back, you have to compensate us for all this stuff. And he's like, great. Um, so I don't know, just interesting story. But I I like hearing about artists just saying, no, like I trust my vision. I'm not going to let you mess with it. Like this is this is what it's going to oh, be. Yeah, dude. And I Elvis I'm just so sure drawn that. to that. I respect that so much. You know, yeah, Elvis. Yeah, was not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Andrew Schultz comedy special comes out July 17th. I would argue not for the faint of heart. But, I mean, if you're a fan of comedy, I'd go check it out. It's going to be $15 on andrewschultz.com. Boom. Uh, that's an ad, by the way. Sponsored. I'm just kidding. And lastly, here, before we get to the reviews, um, so rest, rest in peace to Tony Sirico, uh, who's most well-known for playing Pauly in The Sopranos. Uh, he just passed away recently at the age of uh, 79. So, yeah, rest in peace. I mean, I, you know, Pauly is such a prolific character in The Sopranos. He's, you know, one of the like main characters and everyone loved him. I mean, how can you not love Polly? Yeah, he's 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 the best man. And uh he was man, this guy was no, he's an actor, but I swear he's Polly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's him. you can't tell me he's not. You know, like I I feel like yeah. he's been the same dude for like the last like 30 years. Yeah, you know? like he just never aged. I think he just looked the same. I think when he was like 18, he was a grown ass man. You know, like Yeah. You did not want to mess with that, with that man, Tony. Um, but yeah, people are dying, bro. It sucks. You know, he died. Freaking Ray Liotta died. Like they're just yeah. coming for all these mobsters, bro. Every mobster is dying. Um, every mm -hmm. uh, every gang member in the in movies or whatever. I'm not saying that correct. Every person of importance. I don't know, I'm not even saying that correctly. Tony's a goon. He died. A lot more people are gonna die. That sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Literally everyone's going to die. Every single person. Yeah, but it's like right now they're getting all the all the freaking uh mobsters in movies. But he's not even <laughs> yeah. a mobster. Or is he a mobster? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. 
The family. He's, They're coming for the family. I'll just like, say that. Yeah, which is like the organized mob. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay. That sounds well, better. Rest in peace, Tony Sirico. Uh, here's a little clip from The Sopranos. What's up, Polly? Since even with Tony's advice, you seem determined to sell your father's company, there's something you should know. Whatever happens, we got to be taken care of. Yeah, of course. I'm going to honor whatever provisions are in the contract. Fuck the contract. Tony's given years of his life to that company, and he expects to be duly compensated. Johnny Sack sure as shit ain't going to perform. Who? Mr. Cinelli's waste management consultant. And since Johnny Sack ain't going to step up, guess what? It's coming out of your race. You know, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little intimidated. As well you should, my friend. A man who teaches skiing for a living ought to look after his physical condition, wouldn't you say? His knees. Kid, you wouldn't be in this situation if you listened to Tony in the first place. He's looking out for you. He doesn't want to see you get hurt. I got a lot on my mind these days. I don't need this shit. Okay, now hopping into our reviews here. All right, so so we're doing a double review here, but it's more like a one and a half. Um, this, this is where you know I gotta I gotta come clean, and also the Madman is very passionate about this movie. So uh, the first movie we're gonna talk about is uh, Elvis, uh, directed by Boz Lerman, um, starring Tom Hanks and uh, Austin Butler. Now I saw most of Elvis. I was not excited to watch Elvis to begin with. Um, I knew I w- I knew it wasn't my movie. I just you know I just know, and so I got in there uh, j- while watching it. Nothing changed my opinion about it. I have nothing but good things to say about the Austin Butler performance. He was incredible. Like he is, he is the reason this movie is anything. Uh, but he was so 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 good. Uh, besides that, I was not a huge fan. But because I did not fully finish it, I still have eh, like 45 minutes to an hour left in this movie, I cannot comfortably review it. However, the Madman is very passionate about the Elvis film, so I'm going to give him a minute to talk about it, give us his score, let's get his three-word. Uh, Madman, tell us what you like thought about Elvis. All right, so uh, Boz Lerman is not for everyone. That's like a thing. He is for me. <laughs> he is not for everyone. I get that, okay? to defend him because his movies are so like like i i i compare it to like a dream it's like very dreamlike heavy cgi and that's where the dream comes from you know yeah and it's picturesque and it's it's wonky there's a lot of cuts and stuff it's it's just a different type of movie and a lot of people did not like great gatsby people love moulin rouge whatever I, I I liked all these movies. I I was excited for Elvis, um, Austin Butler. Just like knowing how much he invested into this movie and like how like much of his life he gave into it, I knew I was gonna love because if you're gonna just like dive in and become this person, then it's gonna be awesome in the movie and it shows right. This movie is mm-hmm. carried by his performance. It's just really really good. And then what sucks is that Tom Hanks, his uh his his performance, uh, I I've seen is compared to like Jared Leto in the freaking House of Gucci movie, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, uh, I didn't hate it. And uh, he's got a very squeaky voice that sounds nothing like the original person. You know, Tom Hanks is playing a uh, mm. uh, freaking Colonel Tom Packer, yeah. uh, <laughs> Tom Parker, <laughs> Tom, Tom Packer. Yeah, he's, he's playing Tom Packer. Packer. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, uh, Colonel Tom Tom Parker, uh, Elvis's manager, who's like, I would say like a like a cartoon supervillain. He he just has weird, uh, you know, he's got a weird prosthetic fat suit on, and he's got the squeaky ass voice. Um, but I think you know Tom Hanks. Like, if you're trying to defend why he did that, I think you know this guy Colonel Tom uh, Tom Parker is like he's like a carny. You know, like he kind of started off like as a carny and just like just taking from people and just getting money and um and carnies are weird people you know like people in carnies are, are strange <laughs> you know and um <laughs> this guy is just a bad person he's like a bad human being and he just took advantage of elvis and um but this story is like through his eyes you know he's kind of telling you he's like hey, this is this kid elvis this is who he was you know and kind of breaks down his whole life and uh through his eyes and kind of what what happened but Going back to what I'm saying about Austin uh, Butler just carrying this movie, he carries it like he just does oh, a yeah. great performance. Mm-hmm. He just he's awesome. The singing is awesome. This you know the acting is awesome, and um, there's different stages in Elvis's life, and this is someone that is just known. He's the king, you know. He's just a popular just person and like just in history music history he's like one of the people you talk about you know and um he's he kind of had a wild life um and i enjoyed this through the through through the boss lerman lens you know like i i I know other directors would have done it a little differently and and i probably would have liked it too this one just worked for me i loved it and it's a biographical freaking like music film you know it's a biopic and that's kind of hard to do. Uh, there's there's a lot of good ones that I like, and there's a lot of bad ones. And then there's a really good one. This is a spoof, and it's like the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> and and I could there's like a few scenes where I was just comparing it to like Dewey Cox. I was like, man, Dewey Cox just had it right. You know, it's this guy. Yeah. You know, Elvis. You know, growing up, he had a twin brother who died, and it's like, oh, he's always looking up for his brother and. Um, there's a scene where he gets like introduced to drugs in this Elvis movie, and it just reminded me of Dewey Cox when he's like, "You don't want none of this, Dewey." He's like, ah, you know, like, like, what does it do? He's like, "Oh, he just he's the best drug ever." He's like, "Oh, do you overdose?" No, I don't overdose. He's like, ah, "I, I kind of want it, man." <laughs> it's like a funny scene, bro. And oh, in yeah. the movie, it's kind of like that. And um, and it's just it's just a good movie, bro. I like I I I wish people would uh be as excited about it as me because it I just I really liked it man and it sucks you're really going to hate Tom Hanks he's the worst person ever but um but I think if you don't know anything about Elvis this movie does a good job kind of like showing you who he is and I know the family was involved I think similar to like in King Richard how the Williams family was like involved and kind of like you know portrayed their dad a certain way I think they did that with Elvis you know, there's jokes about like, oh, this is a guy who's like a famous eater. He doesn't eat in this movie, and um, and he doesn't really. But um, but I I think that's fine. You know, like you could talk about it all day long and stuff like that. You know, this guy Elvis was still a polarizing figure, and women just loved him, and um, it shows. And Austin Butler just did a great performance, one of the best performances ever. I really liked it. I compared it to like Joaquin Phoenix and Walk the Line. Um, Kind of similar to like, was it Taron Egerton? Is that his name? Um, who did Rocket Man? Yeah, he kind of looks nothing like um, 
like a uh, freaking Elton John, but you just believe him. You're like, Oh, I believe this guy, you know, like also like Lou Diamond Phillips and La Bamba. You're like, this guy looks nothing like him, but you just, he just kind of became him. And when you think about, you know, of La Bamba, Richie Valens, you think about Lou Diamond Phillips. You know? And then when I think about Johnny Cash, I think of Joaquin Phoenix. When I think about Elvis, I think about Austin Butler. And, um, uh, and I and I hope he he continues to do great movies. I hope he gets nominated for an Oscar. Everyone knows that um, Tom Hanks is going to get nominated for best supporting actor, and we're, everyone's going to be an uproar. Everyone's going to be like complaining about like what? How dare they? This is stupid. And I'm excited for that day to happen because it'll be funny and maybe people can revisit the movie. And I can just keep talking about it. <laughs> I don't um, think that. But uh, yeah, people would be pissed. Well, I mean, uh, Jared Leto got nominated, I think, right for, for House of Gucci. Yeah, I don't. I don't think people are nearly as mad about Jared Leto as they are, rightfully, about Tom Hanks in this Elvis movie. But that's okay. I, don't, I think people were pissed about Jared Leto, man. Like, there's that scene where he's like, "Oh, my family, come on, you, yeah. you, you messed me, you killed me." You know, like, I saw that being replayed twenty times. Tom Hanks, I've seen nothing. And maybe because the movie just came out, but I, I think people, uh, I think people are defending Tom Hanks a little bit more. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's more so if you, you know, like while you watch the movie play out, you kind of understand the character. And Tom Hanks is, I think, a little bit more loved in Gerletto. And uh For I mean sure. he's still he's bad though. He's bad. So then my my assess on this movie is like great movie, awesome acting. I love the music, right? Which and if you know Boz, like he's gonna throw some hip hop songs in there, like some rap songs, and it might throw you off for me. It just works and stuff. I know Elvis got a lot of hate because he like took a lot of like stuff from you know black artists growing up, and he he was kind of the one that was loved. He was the one that was glorified, where others like were doing the same songs and they just weren't getting that type of love. Yeah, I think they they uh they do a good job, kind of like showing you how it's not like that because I don't think it was. And Ooh. he had like I, I just don't think so. Strong take. Um, yeah. Well, he, he has a really good relationship with BB King and stuff. Yeah, who's, uh, portrayed by Kelvin Harrison Jr. I think, who does a great job. Copy that. Um, and uh, and I think I think and again the family was involved. They want you know obviously be portrayed a certain type of way. I I think he he did get glorified right, and my three word review will show you that and stuff. But I, I I don't think it was ever malicious. I don't think he did this on purpose. You know, I think Elvis was just really a guy that just loved music, kind of grew up in this certain type of, you know, in this in a certain environment and just wanted to be a star. Dude. And I think he did everything he could in his power to do that. He just unfortunately got taken advantage of. And in so many ways more than, than another. So, um I heard that. All right. So hard, yeah. hard recommend for me, like must watch. Okay. Uh, check it out. One of the best musical biopics. I think that those Dewey Cox comparisons are kind of telling to like the, you know, formulaic is it word. I feel like we've used a lot, but just how like, you know, walk hard works because it's an effective spoof of the genre. And then for Elvis to like have scenes that are like almost feel like a, a remake of the satire of the genre is kind of funny, but you know, it's got some familiar beats, but uh, hit us with your score. Hit us with your three word, madman. 
Yeah, so uh, three word is gonna be um, well, my score is gonna be so. This is this is a, I love this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like this is like my I think my favorite biopic. It's in my top five of the year right now. Right now Huge. it's sitting at a ninety six. Huge. Um, audience score was like a ninety three or something like that. And I'm an audience guy. Ninety six. I'm. Oof. There's a scene where okay. girls are hollering because of he's his legs yeah and he was like wow they are hollering just like it's because because it, your moves booby you gotta you gotta show him the moves and he just starts <laughs> moving his legs and people are just like you know, just like yelling and oh, stuff yeah. i became that that those girls i became and you know it's funny it shows dudes there too and they're like lusting over him too people were questioning their sexuality that the, the day elvis started moving his start wiggling his legs um and it's so funny because Tom Hanks, although he does has a weird, silly voice, he's always like, "My boy, my boy, my wiggling boy, go wiggle," and then we do show business, baby. You know, like he's <laughs> oh, fuck, he's the worst, bro. I hate him. But I became uh, some of those girls. Ninety six. I'm I'm scoring it with Hound Dogs because there's, okay, okay, there's always Hound Dog. He does, you know, it's one of his songs and stuff. And um, this guy, freaking. Tom Hanks, he just kept trying to sell hound dogs. Like he had stuffed hound dogs. He was just selling them. He was doing whatever he could <laughs> to make a penny, bro. Yeah. Uh, through word review is he's white though, and that's what kind of like mm. when they're like telling someone's like, oh, this is a new track by this little kid named Elvis. You know, this is amazing. And then they're all because being judgmental, and you know, Tom Hanks's character, Tom Parker's like, oh, like, oh, well, he's just like another black guy. Yeah. And then the guy's like, no, here's the thing. He's 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 white. That's the thing. He's white. He was like, oh. And then, yeah, yeah so I was like, oh. But I get this kid in my shows, bro. Yeah. So it's kind of dirty, you know, to the black community for sure because. Yeah, but you're saying it's not like Elvis's fall. Elvis just was inspired and around that music. And it's Correct. more like. And he was taking advantage. Yeah. Of like, oh, we're going to have, you're going to play all these songs. Yeah, you know, it is definitely more of like a snapshot of all culture at that time. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just like um it's not like just Elvis's fault that he was around this music. So I get what you're saying. If you want to hate anyone, hate Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. Man, that guy sucks. Todd Packer. That guy sucks. Yeah. Apparently too, like cuz he had a, you know, everything unfolded after, right? You know, Elvis died and the state went to war with him so like that and but this guy had he had millions of dollars, bro, millions of dollars, and he had no birth certificate. Like no one know who he was. This guy was fake as shit, bro. Um, and he, I, apparently he just died alone, just gambling his life away. Like he just—that's all he had, bro. <laughs> Doesn't sound that so bad to in, be honest. I don't know. So man. Be in Vegas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, people were why? Well, that's what they say, you know. The the end of the movie, like you know, he just like wasted his fortune away gambling and stuff. And then I, I just can't imagine, like, you're in Vegas. You know, there's older Vegas and stuff. I, I don't know when he died. Maybe 1998, maybe 2000-something. I don't know. But imagine you're just there, and, and you see this guy just mumbling around, talking in this high-pitched Dutch voice. And then you're like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, bro, that's that's Colonel Tom Parker, bro. That's that's the guy. That's Elvis's manager. And this guy's <laughs> just like, ah, my boy, my boy, my weakling boy, just gambling and shit, bro. Losing too, like just just doing whatever he could to feel alive. Um, he's white though, you know, my, my man Elvis. I love it. I love his voice too. I've been trying to perfect it. He his mom calls him Booby, so I, I've been calling one of my buddies, Vincent. I just keep calling him Booby. Okay, like, bro, you're Booby from now on. He's like, all right, it's just one of those things. 
<laughs> that seems like Vincent. Like, all right, like, whatever. Sounds yeah, good for sure, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I was at the bar and I was like, "Booby, don't don't listen to those girls, Booby. They're, they're they're gonna do nothing but to try to trifle you." And he's like, "All right." And then someone was like, "Who's Booby?" And it's like, "I'm Booby. What's up?" You know. And it was it was it was a proud moment for me. Hey, well, that's good. And I think it's good. You know, and that was and that's beautiful, man. I'm glad you liked it. I think it's good that. Um, I, I didn't review it because it would have thrown some negativity in there. And I watched a good amount of it. I watched enough of it and I just, it kept validating my negativity. So I'm glad you liked it. And Austin Butler, seriously, was awesome. So he was dope. Yeah. He was, he was he's like I, so good. I forgot he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a hippie. His taxi gets his nuts ripped off. Yeah. Happens. By a dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's hop over to Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, this is the this is the big movie of the week. Next Marvel movie, Phase Four, directed and written by Taika Waititi. The synopsis is: Thor embarks on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced, a quest for inner peace. However, his retirement gets interrupted by Gore, the God Butcher a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of the gods. To combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who, to his surprise, inexplicably wields his magical hammer. Together, they set out on a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance. This is starring, of course, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster slash Mighty Thor, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, Tessa Thompson as King Valkyrie, and Russell Crowe hilariously as Zeus. The Rotten Tomatoes here is a brutal 67% from the critics and an 80% from the audience. Madman, what'd you think of Love and Thunder? This is my kind of comic book movie, Beyonce. I love it. And I I I don't know if this helps it, but I keep telling people, don't take it too serious. Just don't think yeah. about it too hard. Just watch it and have fun, man. And and you will have fun. I had a ton of fun in this movie. There's a lot of gags. You're just cracking up left and right. Yeah. Is what I was. I was just cracking up. And there's like dumb scenes cracking up. There's a scene where King Valkyrie like brings out a little speaker, a song plays. I I, I laughed. Some other people in the, in the theater didn't. <laughs> but but some did. Some, some some did. And maybe we might just have the same mind. Yeah. Same type of brain, you know. I think last episode or two, I, I said I have a damaged brain, you know. Like, true, I just true. wanted to see a bunch of like horror in the black phone, and uh, that damaged brain, like, there's a lot of like you know, entertainment. Like, I could easily be entertained, you know. Let me watch something, throw a little joke in there. They're screaming goats left and right, yeah, I, <laughs> cracking up, inspired, Love. inspired by the Taylor Swift meme. Oh, yeah, yep. and uh. And it's wait, what's the meme? <laughs> what's the Taylor Swift meme? Uh, the Taylor Swift like goats thing where uh, it's like I knew you were telling you us, uh, so I'm lying on the cold hard ground, uh, and then when it goes like that, oh. it's just goats like uh, you know, uh, yeah, if I uh, out, like that's the inspiration for the screaming goats, which were very funny.
It was awesome. I loved it. I what I will say is say that I I wish the movie was longer, right? I think we talk about oh. short movies all the time. Oh. I wish it was longer, man. Interesting. It wasn't. Uh Christian Bell was awesome. I wish it was more of him. But overall, I I enjoyed the movie. I like Taika Waititi. I like his style. Jojo Rabbit is one of my favorite movies. Um, and his Thor Ragnarok was dope because you know Dark World was I I wouldn't say trash. I would just say on the lower tier of um you know comic book movies. Mm. Um, the first Thor I again would not say trash. Just on the lower tier, you know, it feels a lot like a 2005 comic book movie. Um, but uh. But I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good story. It was quick, and it was com- It was almost. I mean, it's like a straight up comedy. Like there's there's a lot of scenes that um that are just like I I would say unnecessary because they're they're purely just for like comedy. Yeah. And um and there's a lot of scenes that are explaining you know who Natalie Portman's character is. Who Thor is, you know, Korg does a good job kind of like filling in the audience. Like, hey, here's what happened. Like, hey, yeah. hey, bud. You know, and you just, you get fed all this information. So you don't have to watch the last movies to like watch this. Like you could just come in and watch it, have a good time. Um, And uh, and it's just a lot of fun. Just don't think about it too hard, man. It's, it's all I'm saying. Like, just, don't, just don't even think about it too hard. Yeah. Just watch it. Have fun. Listen to some good Guns N' Roses music. Like the whole, I think their whole album is like in the film. Yeah. Um, which I loved. I mean, that's fueled me, bro. And, and, you know, Thor's got this like 80s vibe to him, you know, attributed from like Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of just carried over. But this, this movie is just a pretty film. Some rough CGI. Yeah, sure. Yeah, some rough CGI. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but fuck it, right? I think one time you said ah, looks just as good as any other movie. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. You know, when we're talking about uh, No Way Home, like I, I didn't even notice it. it. Looked like another comic book movie to me. Yeah. Whatever, I wasn't paying attention. True, um, true. I, I didn't honestly didn't think any of the CGI was like rough. Um, yeah, people were like, oh, like when you see like this dude's son's like face and they, I'm like, well, fuck it, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, it was funny. I was laughing, dude. No, yeah, Chris Hamworth, he's awesome. He's funny. Oh, 100 percent. The movie is is a ton of fun. Like I think that's I think most people watch. It. I'm surprised the score is so low, honestly, because um, it is fun. The, this movie and Multiverse of Madness have both gotten really bad reviews, and all the bad mm-hmm. reviews started with Eternals. And each movie, even though they're still getting like demolished by the critics, is reminding me how much like I hated Eternals. Like it's so bad. Um, it's just so, so, so bad. So that's, that's really what these movies keep showing me is like, man, Eternals was rough. Uh, but no, I thought this was, this was a fun movie. Now that doesn't mean it was a great movie, (laughs) right? But it was a good time. I was a good time. I, when Thor Ragnarok came out and so the first two Thor movies, I thought, I mean, I'll call them trash. I didn't think they were very good at all. And even in the realm of the Marvel world, and it was still setting up and, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the state of Marvel, you know, after we review this movie. But I think, you know, the movies now have a lot more scrutiny because Endgame was such a good, like, finishing point uh, for the, all those phases that now everyone's, like, expecting something epic. And it's like, bro, they did build it up. You know, like, it didn't start out with Endgame. So, 
those first two Thors I didn't like very much. And then when Ragnarok came out, I was like, oh, they, they kind of saved this character, but this is like, this is like nothing. It's not really like a superhero movie. It just felt like a sitcom. I was like, oh, this is like the Big Bang Theory of like comic book movies. And I kind of feel the same way. I mean, they're both written and directed by Taika Waititi. So it's like, it, it's his like humor and his thing. And so that plays, in that sense, it's very easy to digest. Like in the same way you could throw on the Big Bang Theory, you don't need to know what's going on. You're going to laugh. You're going to enjoy yourself. I feel the same way about this movie. Um, and I think that at this, on the flip side, there's parts of this movie that are uh, very heavy. There's parts of this movie that are very intense. And there's parts of this movie that are really, really well done. And, and honestly, just like super fucking cool. And uh, there's like cancer storylines, which are heavy. And those moments, like when they're happening, are heavy. And then there's the stuff with Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. And mm-hmm. he is, it almost is like he's playing in a whole different movie. Like he is, he's going all in. And there is a part of this movie that's in black and white, which is some of the coolest stuff I've seen in the Marvel movie in a long time. I really, oh, yeah. really enjoyed that, that whole scene. And it was kind of, it's kind of, you know, scary. It gets very intense, even though. Your overall vibe of the movie is like you're going to leave with a smile on your face. There's some dark stuff throughout. Yeah, and uh, just to piggyback off of you with uh, Christian Bell and Gord the God Butcher, like Gord the God Butcher in the comic books is like a crazy person, man. He is like wild. Someone that just prayed for guys to save him and no one ever came. And then finally God comes and he's in the battle and he's like, help me. And he just he kills him. Yeah. <laughs> he becomes Gord the God Butcher. He yeah. set out to kill everyone. <laughs> the movie, the way this movie starts off, like you would think it, it, it immediately starts off with like Sweet Child of the Mind, Guns N' Roses. It doesn't. It's quiet. You see Christian Bills, you know, Gore the God Butcher, just, you know, who he, who he is. And he's struggling. He's got his little daughter. She dies, you know, like, in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And 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 it sets the tone for his character, which I loved. They just did not, like, show much of him, man. And I wish they did because this is such a cool, like, villain. You know, someone that could be, like, intense. One of those big, you know, baddies in the in the comic book cinematic universe and they just he just did not have enough screen time and Korg oh, got so more true. screen time than gore yeah so true and and i and i and i love Korg, but um this is christian bell bro this is an actor like this is a dude <laughs> yeah this is one of the ones you get you know you're like hell yeah bro we got him we got we hey we got his ass he's in the comic book movie just show a lot of him man like just and i think 15 you know extra minutes could have helped out just to have him more screen time some more like yeah. set the you know set up the stakes you know high um yeah show him killing but, some gods so show him butchering a think, bunch of gods yeah, that as, been as cool. he was making i know he's the, gore the god but That's there's a montage does. of all these gods he killed <laughs> he just you don't see it. You just see like a montage of dead gods. Like I, I want to yeah. see how it happened. Yeah, like that. That would have been dope. Yes. Like it would have added like a some more effect to him. Um, but I think you know maybe just as this movie was going along, it just focused on um, freaking uh, uh, Thor and and his love storyline and um just kind of focusing on that which is good i mean the, the movie is legit named you know thor love and thunder like how, how are you not gonna have love in there how's this movie gonna <laughs> not be about love of course it is you know we all knew it was gonna be about that um we all knew it was gonna be about jane foster and that's fine like i have no complaints about it shout out to natalie portman you know yeah. she 
I, you know, she was, she, she was in the first one and then kind of in the second one and kind of just like fouled out. Like, Hey, I'm out of here. And I'm sure. Oh shit. Uh, can you oh. please uh, silence that alarm? There you go. Sorry. Thank you. I'm just <laughs> and, and I'm sure she had like some FOMO, like just, Hey man, this, this Marvel cinematic universe blew up. You know, like, I would have loved to have a little cameo in Avengers end game or something. You know, like, he's just like, I, I I need to be back in here, and uh, I think Taika did a good job, like including her back in, and just doing a good movie. But Taika's got a style, man. He's he's got a vibe, and if you just don't like it, then you're not gonna like it. I think you know that's why the uh, the critic score is so low, because people just don't like his style in a comic book movie. I guess because it's it's silly. This movie is like silly, man. It's like it's kind of yeah. like a wacky comic book series like hey like you have this guy thor this guy is a god you know and um they've turned him into like he even from the beginning of the first door he's funny he's like uh, his whole thing is like oh i'm the king of asgard type stuff you know and you know smashing beers like another you know he's supposed to be funny but now he's like full-on just like a funny version of himself you know like he's just like almost like a spoof yeah, and uh, for me that works. It works. It was funny. It was good. I liked it. Um, I just think they wasted, you know, Christian Bell. <laughs> like, I think he he is Gore the God Butcher. They butchered Gore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they butchered and, him. And really, that black and He's white the one they got scene, butchered. the the black and white scene is him. badass. Yeah, like and it, it's him and like his world, and it is it's really cool. And if there was more of that, or just more of him being extremely menacing, and he was, yeah, yeah, it would have played a lot better. And you could still have the humor. They still balanced like a lot of really like intense themes of this movie. Um, yeah, and and I I think you know I feel like effectively too, uh, but it, in the same time, it just uh, I don't know. People just don't seem to love it. And I guess in the grand scheme of the Marvel uh, machine. You know, but I'm, you know, as you know, <laughs> I'm not like necessarily a huge fan of that machine anyway. So these weird, like, were I liked uh, Madness or the Doctor Strange movie, like I Multiverse yeah. of Madness. I thought there was some really cool stuff. A lot of people did not this this movie again. I think there was some really cool stuff, and I, I had a good time watching it. I was expecting to hate it, and I was like, oh no, that was like that was fun. It felt like a fun kids movie. You know, there's a part where a bunch of kids like get powers for a second, and like. I was like, oh, if I was 10 years old, bro, if I had those kid leds on, I would mm-hmm. be out of this world excited about yeah. this. Like, oh, yeah. And so that, you know, so it felt like a, just a fun kids movie. And that's cool. Like, that's, there's cool. I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, but it is getting, yeah, I mean, 80% even as the audience score for this movie is pretty low as well. And we've heard personally some, some really negative reviews on it. So, oh, yeah. Um, along with people, everyone's just, and everyone I talked to is kind of like, yeah, it was all right. Like, it was cool. You know, it's fine. It's good. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting the way people are receiving it, but it is, it is a lot. I guess it could be a lot to take. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was a fun movie. I think, I think this is what it is. I think people have Marvel on a pedestal, which makes sense because Marvel put itself on a pedestal and then delivered a lot of really great storytelling. And I never had Marvel on that pedestal, so my expectations are not high for these movies. So when I'm watching it and it's kind of like breaks the mold a little bit, 
Now it is it does feel kind of easy, right? Like sitcomish a little bit to me, but I mean I had a good time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean people are afraid of creativity. I, I think it's what it is, and you saw that with uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like these new directors are coming in; they're being creative as 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 ever. And uh, there's no more like Iron Man's and stuff, you know, no more Captain America's. Yeah, this is like this is what we got now. We got Thor, you know, like that's yeah. damn Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know who, what other Avengers are still alive, but we, we've got some yeah. funky movies coming out. You know, maybe Black Panther is the only <laughs> one that's like still like yeah, kind of like you know, hey, this is a comic book movie. But um, and even that they just announced that Daniel Kaluuya, um, obviously Chadwick Boseman passed away, which is very sad. Um, but they said yeah. Daniel Kaluuya is not returning for Black Panther two due to scheduling conflicts, and so that's like that's a big it's a big miss. That's a big miss right there, dude. So I'm not sure what's going on, and I don't know what's more yeah, important than be bad, Black Panther two. <laughs> but it, it's no, kind of one of those issues. things where it, there is just Wakanda like so forever. much bad news surrounding everything. It seems like or. You know, the shows aren't doing so well. You know, Oscar Isaac couldn't save it. Loki had some good acclaim, but Moon Knight kind of. Yeah, Miss Marvel, I think, is a thing that everyone forgot about. <laughs> yeah, Miss Marvel's supposed to come out. I guess that's been pushed back too. Like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. But before we get into that, let's, let's score. How do you want to score this movie? Yeah, so um, for sure, uh, what stood out to me was uh, in New Asgard, right? It's like a freaking, like almost like a Disney World type place yeah. right it's a place of destination <laughs> people go for fun yeah there's this uh ice cream place called infinity cones okay and uh <laughs> that was like isn't that funny like something that could have destroyed yeah. the whole universe they just monetize and you know like hey let's yeah yeah let's make some money some infinity cones bro <laughs> so i was thinking infinity cones like i just i think it's hilarious yeah and that's just i mean people will just sell whatever man you know no, it's <laughs> like, true it's yeah. It's like the world could be ending. People selling shirts, like hey, you know, like yeah, world you? ending you know, shirts. Like, Isn't this crazy? Yeah, <laughs> just the shirt says, "I'm going to be dead tomorrow." People, are like, oh yeah, let me get one. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Or like the ones with like the like it's just a bunch of different fonts and it's really long. It's rough. Like yeah, I might die tomorrow, but I'm alive today, so I'm going to wear a shirt that's going to show you that I'm going to live forever or something like that. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, that okay. So infinity cones. I'm down. Um. Yeah, the new Asgard scene cracked me up too. Just with the cruise ships all around it, it like it's just such a funny visual. Uh, <laughs> it's just everyone's just coming to visit. It's just this little town. Oh yeah. Uh, all I'm right. Giving it an eighty-eight. Yeah, it's an eighty-eight for sure. Oh, you're giving it an eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Yeah. For context, I gave Doctor Strange Multiverse an eighty-seven. Same thing with uh, I think uh, No Way Home. I gave that an eighty-seven. Um, I like this one a little bit more than that. Um, I think things could have been better. Like I, I almost gave it like a ninety ninety one, but I'm like, I think I would have given Ragnarok that. Okay. This, I think, if they just had done a little bit more with Christian Bell's character, Gord the God Butcher, I, I would have loved it more. There's, there's yeah. so much like in here that I think could have worked well too. There's this whole God world, right, where you see, you know, Russell Crowe's like Zeus, and you see all these gods in there. They could have used that a whole lot more. Um. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy like, are there for a quick minute. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's contracts, you know, why they weren't in the movie for a long time. But I would have at least appreciated them in, like, the first half. And that first half was a little long, you know. So um, I feel like there's things that could have been changed around to make this high. 
Um, my score is higher than whatever Rotten Tomatoes says, but yeah. uh, for the man-man scale, I think 88 is uh, solid. It's perfect where it's at. Three-word review, and I don't know if it'll play, but it's a GNR music video because they, they use okay. so many yeah. songs from Guns N' Roses, and I think they do such a great job doing it, too. I know when uh, Ragnarok happened, I think they played the Immigrant song, and that song just kept playing. Like they just, I, I think they played it like twice. And in Love and Thunder, I think they play Switch Out of the Mind twice, but I think they also play Paradise City and they play you know another song. Like they just use so much Guns N' Roses in it. Legit, someone is like, "Oh, my name is uh, Axel." Yeah, and then Cork is like, "Oh, like yeah. GNR, mate." You know, like just like <laughs> giving him props. Yeah, I thought that was dope. I I, I liked it. I, I I loved it, and then I I, I love uh a movie that has like this identity by like the music, you know, like just whatever the music is in there. You know, I'm a big music guy, big score guy, big soundtrack guy. And, uh, I, I love guns and roses. I love the use of sweet child of mine. A lot of movies use it. Um, but this one did a pretty good job at it and I'm happy it stayed from the trailer. Yeah, I think the song plays yeah. in the trailer and I kept singing it. And then the movie has happens and the song keeps playing yeah. and I loved it. I'm like, man, this is a wild, uh, guns and roses music video here. <laughs> it just kept playing. <laughs> Guns N' Roses, you know? Just kept going. Oh, All right. I, I loved it. Uh, so my score is going to be a 79 out of 100 Infinity Cones. Um, strong movie. Thought it was good. Thought it was cool. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think people should watch it if you like uh, these movies. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a fun time. Thor was there. Chris Hemsworth. He's like the last, the last of the av- original Avengers out here still kicking. Uh, it said in the end, Thor will return. So we're going to get into spoilers. He's not dead. Sorry. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're going to get more Thor content, it seems like. He's he's like the last, he's the last original. So it's kind of exciting just to see anything with him, to be honest. Um, and then my three-word review is going to be another superhero sitcom. Um, again, that is kind of like an insult a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I want to know the other sitcoms, you, you know. The other, oh, the other one is superhero Ragnarok. Sitcoms. Ragnarok. Ragnarok was the first one. That was the first superhero sitcom. This is another one. That's <laughs> so yeah. There you go. Um, there you have it. That's that's uh, when I saw Ragnarok. I literally was like, oh, it's like a Big Bang Theory episode, but with superheroes. That's how I. That's how I felt. Um, so yeah, and it kind of got that same vibe with this one. But overall, it was good. Yeah, more Christian Bale. You're not. I mean, hit it on the head 100. percent More Christian Bale is what this movie needed. It would have been so good because he's like and then zeus too was weird and the zeus scene was really funny mm-hmm. but the movie would have played better i think if there was like everyone was like hey holy shit this guy's murdering everyone this is a big deal just think that could the, those stakes would have felt more real these stakes yeah. never no one seemed to care but thor and it was like oh man whereas like this guy is really scary and christian bale was playing him like a complete psychopath which he was and it, oh yeah, yeah. The more I think about it, the more I talk about it. Actually, the more upsetting it is uh, because it feels. Even like if some of those gods like just fought like Thor, yeah. like you don't even get yeah. gods like coming in fighting him. You get like god gags and stuff. Yeah, you get like Zeus's little minions and stuff, but you don't get no like freaking no. gods going toe to toe with like Thor and stuff. No, what, what you do get is uh, Thor's like bare bottom. Yeah, and a very funny Loki tattoo. <laughs> yeah so and that's it <laughs> there's moments and there was no loki that was another thing this movie you know probably was missing a little bit oh, of. he's dead bro he, he's been but they killed him like three times already yeah he's died a lot 
he 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 told you about it when you watched the movie. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, for sure. But like, he also, he died. He there's died also again. like a he series about him. You know what I mean? Like he could have showed up with Owen Wilson and been like, "Wow." So anything can happen. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's, that's Thor. The, the it like, sounds like a recommendation from both of us. Uh, I guess I wanted. To, yeah. So before we end off here, you know, are you are you worried about the Marvel movies in general? That seems to be the discourse right now. Like all of Phase yeah. Four, it's like, yeah, they're not really doing it. They've oversaturated the market with TV shows. There's been like seven series and six movies in the last 18 months, something like that, all in the Marvel Universe. It, it kind of seems like it's falling apart, busting at the seams. Do you feel like that? Uh, no, because I've liked the last movies. So I like for me, no. Other people, they might not like it and stuff, but for me, I, I've, I've got no concern with it because of what they're doing, and that's getting these directors. You know, They're coming in. They're being creative. They're doing their own takes. And they're doing something different. And I I like that. People don't like change. So I get that. And, um, you know, just talking about, like, the rest of the Avengers that are left. Like, there's not many, you know? So it's it's yeah. tough. Like, you're, like, you got rid of Iron Man. You got rid of Captain America. And those are the guys. Like, I, you know, the cinematic universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, identity, like, was, like, Iron Man for, like, the longest. Robert Downey Jr. And then Captain America, too. They're gone, you know, and so you have kind of like, you know, what's left, and uh, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, and and that's fine. Um, just just looking at like the potential movies like coming out, all these are like side characters. Like no one really feels like the dude, you know. Oh, like, for sure. It, yeah, it, it, you know, Black Panther. You got Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvels, Fantastic Four, Untitled Marvel, Untitled Marvel, you know, maybe a WandaVision movie or or something. Or well, she's gone now, but I don't know. I I I think that I'm gonna enjoy it. I don't think that it's gonna ever reach endgame again. That's it. That. That's the highest, you know? Yeah. And 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 everything's gonna be kind of fine. Now I don't think you know these movies are gonna end, or it's gonna be like the death of like you know Marvel comic book movies. They're still gonna go on. It's just gonna be a different type of vibe now. And and for me, that's fine. You know, if I was like an investor, you know, I'd probably be a little concerned. But I, they're still gonna make money. You know, people are still gonna watch the movies. They're yeah. just they're not gonna be like Endgame. They just don't have those people no more. You yeah. know, like it's. It's going to be different. Well, we'll see. And the other thing I, I think, too, I mean, I kind of, the only thing I, I keep thinking is, like, you know, they they just reached, like, that height. And so now it's, like, there's going to be a come down and almost, like, a little bit of a rebuild, even though some of it doesn't feel like a rebuild because there is still stuff going on. But mm-hmm. it's, like, they, they have to kind of re- start building up again towards something. Now, I, I think Kevin Feige said they're not building up towards any specific event again like that. Like, it's not that same kind of thing going on. But um, I don't know. So you got to give like, not every movie like Iron Man three, like sucked. Everyone hates Iron Man three. You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like no one talks about it anymore because you know, Endgame and infinity war were so good, but like there's, there was missteps throughout the process. The first two Thor movies for, you know, they're probably missteps as well. And so you got to let them build up a little bit and kind of find their footing and, 
and help these new characters find their voice. And it's hard when you're coming behind, like, yeah, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., and these people that are massive stars, like, even already. But, so, you know, something's going to, something's going to, like, take, something's going to hold on. So I, I think people are kind of, like, overreacting. But I do think there is a world where maybe the, the shows are kind of oversaturating the market a little bit and cheapening yeah, the storytelling. That maybe that, that might be a factor for sure. Yeah, they I they could probably cut it. Don't they probably will cut it down or rethink, you yeah. know, what they're I mean, doing. They, yeah, they did with Star Wars. They were like, Oh, okay, all right, we'll hold up, guys. Sorry about that. Like we clearly did too much. Yeah, yeah. And that happens, you know. Um but there's gonna be it's um, they just gotta find the next it's you know, it's kinda like moneyball, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, he gets on find the next like you know, freaking Giambi, the next like you just have to do it and you know, they'll find the other, you know, Chris Evans, the other Robert Downey Jr. And at the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're gonna change up. It's not gonna be that same cast again. They're gonna move things around. People are gonna die. People will die in this cinematic universe, more people. And uh they just gotta find that that right group again. And it, they might go younger. Who knows? Like I, I have no idea. But I feel like uh their savior could be like Fantastic Four. Yeah, Fantastic Four or uh X-Men. I mean X-Men's gonna be big. So if they figure it out, yeah, and they do it in a way that you know fans will buy in. Yeah. They, this will for sure work out. This will for sure like they could get some something good going. All right, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, hey, uh I mean that's kind of wraps up our episode here. Uh thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week, or if not then, sometime in the very near future. All right, peace.